lots of wrestling and try to find the stuff we think is worth watching. First up is the man responsible for AEW and SmackDown, Brandon. Hello. Hey, Jim. What's up? How you doing? I'm getting my floors redone. I got to be out of the house. Tuesday, Thursday, 9 a.m. I got to be out of the house. All right. And that leads me to Chris. Chris, are you ready to have me in your house at 9.30 a.m. on Thursday? Yeah. Get running? <laughs> yes, I shall, I shall be ready. Chris is assigned the tasks of Impact, NXT, and Raw. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm excellent. Did you get your shot? I did. I'm a little... Uh, yeah, I got my shot. Uh, I felt great uh, overnight, and then today I started feeling like... Yeah, that Not too bad, but just... Brandon, did you know that Chris got two free Flyers tickets to get his shot? <laughs> oh, yeah. Complete out and out lie. I had no idea what he was talking about. I think he did. I think you're lying to me. Nah, nah, I did. Chris, were they giving like them out watching... at the Wells Fargo Center? Yeah, if you went to the, I think it's the last season, the game of the season, nobody was, was going. So they were like, yeah. okay, if you go to the game and you want a shot for the Johnson & Johnson, you get free ticket, two tickets to next year. Oh, so you had to pay to go to the game that nobody wanted to go to. Right, but then you get two new t- two tickets and you get the Johnson Johnson shot. Sounds like a deal that's to me. It's really a deal. I mean, it's to encourage people. To, I mean, it's the, I, I I was listening. To, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but we I was listening to a thing on NPR where people who are hesitant to get the shot will quickly get the shot if there's incentive. Like they're having huge drives to give people shots at bars because they're sitting around drinking. They're like, hey. We'll buy your beer if you come get the shot. And people are like, okay. <laughs> Brandon, now, let me just, let ahead, me just ask ahead. you this. Yeah. Let, yes. Let's get into this because we're here. We're here. Yes, yes, yes. So do you think like, all right, so we had this conversation before. and I'll come out and say it because it's already not that big a deal. I told everybody I fully intend on getting the shot, but I want there to be no complications, meaning I don't want to have to do shit. I want to walk into CVS and have them say, hey, have you had a COVID shot like they do with the flu shot? And you go, no. And then they give it to you. That's what I was waiting for. Right. You know, because it's a bit of a pain when you live where I live. And I do go into the city a lot. I live in South Jersey. I do go into the city a lot, you know, on a regular basis. But when you're talking about going into the city and, say, going to the convention center where they were doing a massive. And by the city, um, you're talking about Philadelphia, just in case people. Philadelphia, I'm sorry. So, yeah. So, I, you know, when you're doing like a massive. um, uh. You're doing the, they're, they're giving out the, the shots at uh, uh, Pennsylvania Convention Center. To me, that's, you know, even if you don't have to wait in line, I got to go over. It's like another hour and a half, two hours out of my day, right. dicking around, finding parking, doing this, that, and the other thing. So I was just like, you know what? I'll wait till they're just giving it out. And as soon as I walked into CBS, I think on Friday of last week, I was in there doing something. I looked at the counter and they said, we have shots. I asked the girl. She said, yeah, it's Johnson and Johnson. And I was like, one and done. I'll be back on Monday. And then right. that was it. Yeah. And the other thing was, is you have to time it out because you can't be like, okay, I'm going to get the COVID vaccine. We all know that there can be side effects to this thing that could, you know, you're not going to grow a third head, but people get sick. They, they get um, lethargic. They have a heart, you know, uh, over the course of the next 24 hours or the 24 hours after. So it's like, okay, I can only do it on Monday. Right. I can't do it on Wednesday because then Thursday I can go back to work. So it's just a number of different things, but um so back to my point, do you think a lot of that was – I don't feel like waiting or filling out paperwork, so I'm just going to just not do it. Like I did a majority of things in my life up until recently, 
Yeah, it's and then they show up with them, and people are like, sure, yeah, all right, you're here, bang, 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 they give them all shots, and they're good to go. I honestly don't, I mean, maybe it's just because we live on the East Coast, I honestly don't think that the majority of people not getting the shot has anything to do with some kind of, I don't trust the vaccine. I think most people are just That's fucking lazy. They're just fucking lazy, and they don't yes. want to go out of the way to do things. Dude, if this was Chris 10 years ago, never would, it would five years ago, I wouldn't have gotten it done. Right. Brandon, what are your you thoughts I mean? on, on vac- vaccine hesitancy, a.k.a. vaccine hesitancy? <laughs> I mean, I get it. That's uh, how I feel about SmackDown every week. I wait until I go, oh, this is two hours. I have two hours left. Um, if I don't watch this, I'm not going to be able to do the show. And then that's when the, the sh- I watch the show. So I, I can't blame them. But uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a ton of other thoughts. I got the thing as soon as I could to yeah, stop getting eat, uh, within the household. And I could go out with my friends. That's why I did it. So I can go to work as good as possible yeah. without worrying about it. Yeah, right. Same with me. All right. Let's move on. Oh, by the way, my name is Jim, and I'm, I'm in charge of the Japanese stuff and the lady stuff this week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. Go give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. First up, AW had a quasi pay per view. I guess the pay per view it had a pay per view for about 45 minutes. So, Brandon, let's do this. Special episode of Dynamite. Was was some of it not on cable? No, I didn't was, watch it live. Uh, the whole I think the whole thing was on. I watched it on okay. DVR, so okay. I just yeah, I didn't just catch it until forty minutes. Yeah, just to be honest, I didn't catch it until the second half, and then I had to go back and watch the beginning of it. But the second half was like the tag match, and then it was the blood and guts, which was like forty five minutes. Yeah. We talked about last week not not uh, being disappointed. It's up to you whether you set yourself up for disappointment or not. So that's what I did going into this. But uh, had I not, I think he probably would be. I didn't think this was particularly good. Um, we'll start talking about Don Callis comes out. He announces Kenny Omega couldn't make it tonight, even <clears throat> which was a ruse that the announcers quickly pick up on for uh, Omega to come out and ambush Moxley and Kingston. We get that match to start, Nakazawa and and uh, Omega versus Moxley and Kingston. And Nakazawa basically just gets treated like shit by Omega. He gets left to eat the pin. Uh, I had a hard time understanding why anything was, that was happening was happening. This could just be me. But it uh, feels like there's some push to build. <clears throat> One thought I had when I was watching this was it feels like there's some push with these shows to build equity of a title reign by holding, having the champion hold on it for as long as possible, right? The, the longer someone's a champion, the better that reign is considered. But in my head, when I'm trying to watch this, I'm, I can't figure out why Kenny Omega is still a champion. Why is this going on for so long uh, with this run? He doesn't ever come off as one of the more interesting guys on the show, and he's fucking goofy and makes himself look like a fool weekly, this this match included. Um, on the other hand, in this match, Kingston is has been working a lot in the ring and not as much on the mic, which I think he should probably be doing the exact opposite. He's very good on the mic, but when he's in the ring for too long without talking, I lose interest in him, so... Did you guys get to check this out? Do you have any thoughts on it? Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I did. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, we I, I think life made my opinions on Kenny Omega um, as a character uh, and even as a, as a worker pretty clear. Fantastic athlete, but, like, you know, my biggest thing whenever I see him is who are you talking to? It's actually two things. Who talks like this 
and who are you talking to? You know, like when he he's on the apron, he's about to do something. He points to the right. He points and looks to the left. And then he looks at some mystery camera and starts talking into it. It's just I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, yeah. Also, you have um, y- you'd think that I don't know. I think even even in a even in a, a tag team role, um, having the AEW champion on as soon as the show comes on, it's kind of lame. I, I'm not a big fan of that. You know, I mean, I think everything should have been a build up to what the show was called. You can leave him out for a week. It's, you know, I mean, you have other people working there. I mean, when you watch the show, they, they 500 names pop up on the bottom of the screen, screen having wrestled in dark or ev- ev- evolution and ev- elevation. elevation. I don't know what yep. it is. Elevation. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's <laughs> Elev- a evolution. Evolution. You can, you you know, it's a perfect opportunity to use this time, even if you use this time to get two guys that nobody knows who they are to wrestle Moxley and and Kingston on their way to fighting with Omega and Nakazawa. But I don't know, just to bring the champion out, like, yeah, he's here, and then they bring him out later. Oh, now he's here. It's like I don't know. Very strange. Um, we get two Kenny Omega segments in the show, correct? Yes, correct. So. Then do you do you have anything on this one? You want oh yeah, yeah. I have stuff to okay. talk about on this. Okay, first step back. Uh, Eddie Kingston. Yes, I agree. He first of all, the reason. I mean, he is good in the ring. I mean, he's like classic wrestler. He's a wrestler. He doesn't do anything too spectacular. But man, his physique is terrible. He looks like a like a just a fat guy on a street corner smoking a blunt. He looks like shit. He really does. That's not why he's compelling. It's right. just letting him go without talking. Not that fat guys can't be tough, but I mean, come on, this is a, supposed to be a professional. He athlete. sure can. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I heard this on another podcast, and I'll kind of repeat it. But you know, if I went <laughs> to go train, and and it wasn't about Eddie Kingston, it was about somebody else. But if I went to go train, and I saw a dude that looked like Eddie Kingston in the room, I'd probably spend my time avoiding him for most of the day. Right. You know what I mean? Like he does come up. You know, he's not. He doesn't have a great wrestler's body. He does look great. He looks tough as nails. Yeah, he does. I know tough. if I saw him in the corner of the room sitting there, I'd be like, Yeah, I don't, I don't know that guy, and I'm not gonna train with him. Right. Like he's not here for no reason. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. 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 Also, Kenny Omega. Um, I, I, you know, we. I hate ragging on this fucking show, all the time, but <laughs> him as a heel, Can't like change the weather. He doesn't. Why is he jokey Hollywood villain heel? Why can't he just be arrogant best wrestler on the planet? Like I don't get it. And why is Nakazawa it, working for him? Like is there like like with Vince you had the Stooges. Remember the Stooges? Vince would just threaten to fire them. So then they would do whatever he says. What's Nakazawa's cut out of all this? What's his yeah, motivation? What is his character motivation? Can I well, add that's something what, to that? Yeah. After you, Brandon. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That, well, that's what le- that's what led me to this analysis because I spent about the first three or four minutes of this trying to figure out what was happening within the match. I very quickly realized that that was a waste of time because logic doesn't apply to this. And then I started thinking they're spending a lot of time this and the next segment with someone that isn't very good on the mic. That's a very talented athlete talking and someone that isn't a very talented athlete but is excellent on the mic not talking. Right. But go ahead. Oh, no. To your point, like. Um, when when you go back to Vince and the Stooges, also like there had been so much equity buildup in the amount of time that both Briscoe and Pat Patterson had worked for him. 
You know, they've been around since the early. Well, I mean, you know, since I guess the late 70s, definitely the early 80s. Right. So and there was, and like, there was also the, like the Internet rumors that they were just like, yes, men. So they played. Right. Into it. There was there was this like there was this like um, natural story that had been unknowingly building for 20 years, 30 years at that point. So, you know, yeah, you can pull that off. But it's just like, oh, here you are. Here's this guy. He's the champ. Here's this guy he knew from Japan. And for some reason, he just followed. He just, you know, walks around behind him all day long. And there's no. I mean, come up with a vignette or some made-up story as to why Nakazawa feels he owes Kenny Omega. He saved his life. Right. Like, is. we don't have any, like, I don't think there's any. <laughs> think about it. Like, there's, when it comes to internet rumors with AEW, if you're familiar with them, one of them was that Kenny Omega only hires Japanese women because he's having sex with them or he's horny for it. Remember, that was a thing. Yes. Definitely with Cornette. The Cornette crowd, whoever they are. But, um, so <laughs> just... <laughs> So just like, <laughs> well, how is there a cornet crowd in 2021? I don't, I don't know, I don't know, dude. But like, why not? Relevant since the nineties, the eighties. If you want to play into that and have it make sense, just have a Japanese girl hang out with him all the time and be like, look, he's a creepy, horny guy, just like Cornette said. Instead, you Cornette. you you create no like with the Stooges. There was like a kind of Cornette. A, yeah. But, you know, it's like there's no equity. You're right. There's no equity in Nakazawa at all. There hasn't been built up. He's just like all of a sudden he's an assistant. Now he's now we got Brandon Cutler with the mask on. I'm not watching these other shows. I'm not going to start watching these other shows. And I'm definitely not watching Being the Elite because it's not funny. If you don't think the stuff on the main roster, well, main roster, the AW main show Dynamite is, isn't funny. If you think that that's not funny, imagine what 30 minutes of it's like. Bad jokes. It's not going to be good. Well, the dynamite would have to absolutely rock for me to go. I need to go another four hours with this show. I think I'm not going to go another four hours beyond the the crappy top two hours to figure out what's happening in the top two. That's not how this works. Right. I mean, like WWE, it's like you watch first 20 minutes, you turn it off. If you're not like you guys have to, you guys watching it every week. Ooh, like, yes. You know I mean? Watching ahead, in air quotes every week. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, look, I always say this. I am not a big uh, binge TV watching guy. Right, um, right. And, you know, people always say to me, did you? And it's my answer in nine times out of ten is no, I haven't seen whatever show you're asking me if I've seen. Oh, you got well, I gave it a shot, but eh, it was kind of slow. And 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 I, I you know, I kind of tuned out. Oh, no, no. You just got to go to like the eighth episode. And then it starts getting good. Too fucking late. I think you're talking That's about me. That's eight right hours now. of TV. No, 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 no. I'm not. No. no trying, to sell me, felt, I like, trying to sell I like Neon Genesis Evangelion on you. <laughs> it's, That's how I felt about Twin Peaks. I was like, guys, I, I watched the first episode like four times. I was like, I don't think I can make it through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, it takes a certain uh, – yeah, I, I'm the same way with it. But, it takes a certain you know, psycho like, like myself um, to enjoy that. Yes. Um, mine was always, I would tell people, uh, and this is before everybody kind of jumped on a bandwagon of it needing to come off television, but it was the walking dead where I watched the first season and it was like four episodes and it was great. I liked it. And then I watched the second season. They got to the farm and I was like, this is boring. I'm I like putting I, work in. I am not even going to go into that. <laughs> We're not talking about that right now, but I get your point. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a re there's a reason why season two sucks so bad. I don't like that show, but there's a reason. But besides the point, let's get back to AEW. No, we're not watching more AEW. 
I'm not watching right, more. None of us are watching any more AEW because we aren't hooked enough on the product to watch more. So don't act like I need to go, like I'm missing the joke, so I better go out of my way to watch it. Well, the initial joke on the big show fucking sucks, and it ain't funny, so I'm not going to find out. I'm not going to find out why it sucks. <laughs> you mean it just doesn't make sense. Please, let's move on to the next segment. Yeah. Brandon. Next week, they said Orange Cassidy and Pac are uh, going to face off for an opportunity to wrestle against Kenny Omega at uh, Double or Nothing. Uh, this was also pretty awkward. Uh, he, Orange Cassidy comes out. He's kind of building up Pac as his, his next opponent, and then they pan over, and Orange Cassidy stand in front of him, to uh, which Kenny Omega takes the, the aviators off of his face while stuttering through a joke that he invented the look of someone popularizing aviators. He looks at the glasses and asks, he goes, ooh, Ray-Bans. What did these cost you? Eight hundred, a thousand dollars? Ray Bans no. cost eight hundred, a thousand dollars. Seventy-five dollars at the Sunglass Hut, Kenny. They're, <laughs> these aren't special glasses. Yeah, that was bad. But, uh, Chris, did you see it? That's what's happening. Yeah, I saw it. It was very uh, sad. I get it. He had to do a Kenny Omega, who is not. A, let's be honest. He's not a great talker. He doesn't sound like a human being when he speaks. And he had to carry the whole segment because Orange Cassidy doesn't speak. That was the big joke. And guess what? It didn't come off. I'm sure the internet loved it. They probably thought that was the funniest shit ever. And then he proceeds to commit theft on national television by stealing a product off a man with a dollar value of $1,000, which means the police will actually come after you for that. Yes. (laughs) Next. Cody Rhodes. And QT Marshall, I hopefully settle their feud, end their feud. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Cody Rhodes uses the, the fucking back rake on QT Marshall in this match. This match stunk. Yeah, that, I, I, when I saw that, I was like, I, th- I had a flashback. I think it was Jim Ross podcast. He was like, that's a move that people that can't do shit use. That's why Hulk Hogan used to do it because nobody that's talented would ever do that move. They just kind of wedge it in there. So pathetic, especially to use it in a match like this that already sucks. Um, That's a shame. I'm a big fan of the back to... rake. <laughs> yeah. I get you a like kick out of it. Rake? Yeah, I do. I get, a, I get a kick out of it. It's so, it's so 80s heel. Yeah. That's why you like it. Yes. Back rakes, eye rakes. Mm-hmm. Go for it, man. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just pessimistic watching Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall on something that somebody else could land. Didn't land here, but at yeah, one point he good. tries to expose, expose QT's penis and ass. Yeah. And they're trying to advertise this as a live match, but it's all blurred out to so make it very clear that this is pre-taped. Let me ask you. If you guys picked up on that. What yeah, the fuck I, I, is on his trunks, QT Marshall? It looks like Virginia Tech's logo, but blue and white. <laughs> but it's not QT. Is it a QT? It's not a Q. I, there's no way that's a Q. I've never seen a Q like that. Unless it's a QT like the Montreal Expo's old <laughs> is it a, logo. Is it an NF? What's NF stand for? Nightmare Factory. Nightmare Factory. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Okay. That's all I just need an answer. <laughs> yeah. Chris, thoughts? Chris, thoughts on that match? I'm lo- I'm looking for the logo. I can't find it. He um, kicks out of the crossroads at one point. I'll, let me just finish this. Yeah, this go bullshit, And then you go, Chris. They have QT Marshall kick out of the crossroads, which is Cody Rhodes' finisher. Cody Rhodes doesn't feel compelled to put more of a beating on him until QT gives Cody the finger. 
which finally got him to put him in the figure four and tap him out. And then uh, Cody Rhodes gets gut punched by a go-go. So I'm hoping that they're moving towards that, at least away from this. And then he gets, he gets buried in the uh, British flag, too. Chris, yeah, it. that's right. Yeah, this sucked. <laughs> you so bad. We're done. Move on. Yeah, please. Right. Let's move on. SCU obviously wins that four-way tag match. We knew that was coming because they retire if they lose. Uh, they, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky shove Darby Allen down a flight of steps. They don't touch on that. They cut right to Taz doing move breakdowns. He's doing like uh, NFL Live uh, highlight replay where he's drawing arrows across the screen showing why Christian's frog, splashes, splat, frog splash isn't that good anymore. But uh, then we go into a, a little promo. We got Nagata versus Moxley next week. That's the first hour of this show before the Blood and Guts match. Anything else you guys wanted to, to note there? Chris? Yeah, I will tell you this. Uh, the Acclaim uh, kind of uh, – I may be on board <laughs> now because they called the Young Bucks the Young Cucks. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That was it. That's all I got. I think we knew what was going to happen there. And I didn't even realize while I was watching it that he's actually playing like – uh, Taz is playing like I'm gonna break down this move and tell you why this person sucks at doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> because I immediately t- tuned out when I saw it because I was like this is stupid but now that I know that he's actually doing it like all right let me break this down this is all the shit he's doing wrong and this guy sucks it was pretty good I'm I'm all I'm all about it I like that also yeah, uh, you didn't mention Britt Baker uh, beating up a jobber does that not excite you <laughs> uh, Jewel yeah uh, that whole thing is just so pathetic. Well, she she defeated squashed Julia Hart and it took about ninety seconds. Well, but, why is um, she number one, number one contender. contender? Who did she beat? We didn't see her beat anybody. Was it all on AW Dark or something? Well, the, we saw her get beaten, and then we haven't seen right. the the theoretical number one contender out of that match on Dynamite again. But Britt Baker has now become the number one contender so she's winning you know in in a cut scene somewhere she's winning like montage she's beating people and they announce yeah. at at double or nothing that she's facing hikaru shida but don't use her two minutes of airtime for her to address that that just gets mentioned yeah. Yeah. as Lost. an afterthought a, a match that should be built to because this is probably something that everybody's looking forward to Britt baker possibly becoming the her first championship because she's Worked really hard. Hikaru Shida finally losing, maybe. Maybe we get Thunder Rosa interfering. There's a lot of different things that could happen, if you, if, but you have to pay attention because they don't talk about it. Don Callis is on that show more than Britt Baker, and, and Britt Baker should be, like, the hottest name on Dynamite. Right. Like, I think uh, we, I talked about this weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've talked, yeah. Took, we've talked whatever, about it over whatever. and over again. Yeah, whatever whatever momentum that they had from that match is just getting flushed down the toilet. So I mean, people are still talking about opinion. it. People are still talking yeah, about but, the match, but it, it's pretty fresh still. Right. But like, I mean, if you're not going to actually have those two wrestle, then you got to be showing clips from that match every week. Right. And also, you know, if I'm not, and tell me if I'm wrong, I I, I do remember. Wasn't this supposed to be some sort of Britt Breaker versus question mark match? Yeah, it was like, wasn't this supposed to be right. somebody big and it just ended up being a jobber? Because I remember whatever I oh, they was didn't doing, tell us. Oh, any they didn't make any promises. They just said question. Oh, ah, okay. Well, right there. Oh, okay. So that was I. I. I made the mistake of um, giving them too much credit ups. and getting excited. Give, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Thank you. You right. set yourself up for disappointment, Chris. Right. That's what we. we that's what that. you said ahead of time. <laughs> you warned us all. He is life. Go ahead. Are we up to blood and guts? 
Yeah. All right, let's do this. The Blood and Guts match, a.k.a. NXT board games. Uh, I thought this was pretty boring for, for what it was supposed to be, and uh, somehow they they managed to blow another ending, but we'll get to that. Uh, in the inner circle are wearing jumpsuits from the prisons near where they all grew up. They announced that they've got black sleeveless like um, automotive worker suits on. Uh, Dax's hard body immediately gets badly cut before every, anybody even gets in there. Uh, Sean Spears comes in with a chair. He's referred to as the chairman. I don't yeah, know if that's talk, because he had the chair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's only um, one chairman of professional wrestling. La Parca. It's La Parca, but go ahead. There's this hilarious spot where, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, where Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara are standing on the two the ropes of the two rings next to each other, kind of like their legs shaking, and Ortiz fires a chair into Sean Spears' back, to which him and Sammy Guevara both flip sammy guevara lands on his head yeah. you're like what the fuck this is going on here fly. hager outball hoss battles wardlow I, I guess they were going for a spanish fly but yeah i don't know once everybody gets in there the inner circle get complete control and really bloody up mjf uh this thing drugged for a little while in the middle more than a little while in my opinion they're just kind of beaten up on uh the pinnacle beating wardlow with the chair and then they go to fucking picture in picture in this yep. match after that so how, the way that I watch it, which is through the TNT app, I missed all of this. You don't know what the hell is going on. The, the inner circle are in control in the ring. They cut back. They, I had to look up what had happened. But what I, all I see is that now the cage has been opened. MJF is on top of the cage, and Chris Jericho is climbing up the side, which I don't know why they already had the advantage, why one of them would chase MJF to a more vulnerable spot when all they have to do is just swarm MJF on the top and the, the fucking thing, and they win. But no, Chris Jericho goes up there and gets the shit kicked out of him. Then he, uh, they're, MJF's threatening to throw him off the top of the cage. Inner Circle surrenders, and then MJF just fires him off into a pile of cardboard and pillows, and uh, that's that. The next big spot after the botched exploding barbed wire deathmatch is also balloon. Chris? Yes, a couple things. Um, uh, I uh, just uh, we always talk about wrestlers like you know this one's the stupidest wrestler of all time. That one's the stupidest wrestler of all time. So you're in a match four on four, five on five, five whatever it is, in the middle of the ring. One of the guys goes to the top. Now you have the man advantage. Mm-hmm. Why would you chase him up there? Number two. You're in a match called Blood and Guts. Anything goes. No DQ, right? I mean, they, at one point, they rip the ring apart and start beating each other on the plywood. Why doesn't MJF already have the ring on his finger? Why wouldn't <laughs> you even come mention that? You the dynamite brass knuckles and a milk... What's that? As I didn't even mention that. The dynamite diamond ring makes an appearance. Thank you, Chris. No, that's how it yeah. gets... Go ahead. Why, like, if you had brass knuckles and it's a no DQ match, anything goes, wouldn't you just wear them to the ring? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was really uh, talk about and and look, if they had a good end, the match itself was serviceable. Whatever you want to say, if it had a good ending, you wouldn't even be talking about the rest of the match and what happened. But it just had a bad ending, and now you're like, oh, the whole thing sucked. Right, my turn. <sighs> okay. <laughs> How long has this show been on television now? How long has this company been running? Two two years? 
Yeah. Year and a half, right? I think we saw how many guys were in the ring? Ten guys. I think we saw five shots of them cutting themselves blatantly on television. Cuts, cut shots of missing sh- moves. Mm-hmm. The ending looks so bad. And the production, the production in this company is bad, man. It's bad from the way that the ring is set up directly in front of the stage, which I've meant to talk about before. With this new faction war thing going on, the stage is really bright. It never dims. Like other wrestling, like, you know, the walkway dims down. It's very bright. So if anything happens on the walkway before the ring, you can still see clearly what's going on. At times, there's just dudes, like, walking around waiting for their cue. It's really strange. The production is fucking terrible on this show. There is no excuse why we were able to see. Whose decision was it to go with? No one wants to, like, safety first, right? (laughs) Safety first. We don't, you know, these guys should land on crash bags and shit. Very simple solution. Look, boom, I'm not a writer. I'm not a producer. Have them fall off, out of view. Off the side, out of view. You don't see it. Instead, we get a clear look at cardboard. Some of it textured. Some that looked like somebody painted it and drew Sharpie lines on it to make, you know, the the metal uh, grate on it. Pillows that looked like they were from multiple futons that got thrown out while they were in in college. Like it was just, this was really, this is really bad. And, you know, it's just every time they build up these shows, the, the Exploding Bar Buyer one was one, and then we get this one, and it's supposed to be, like, really gritty and grimy, and it kind of lives up to it, and then the payoff is just fucking bad. It's bad. Someone is in charge of making these decisions. Someone is in charge of setting this stuff up, and someone's in charge of the camera crew in the production truck that catches every fuck up. Like, this is terrible, man. This 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 ending was terrible. It was a fine match. It was whatever. But the ending was just bad. I mean, these these War Games matches, especially the ones with the roof, they, they, they tend to get a little fucking weird. If you watch the old WCW ones, man, they're fucking brutal. Brandon Gubb. I like that you know someone found the cardboard squares with the sheet metal printed on them and picked it up and were like, oh, this is perfect. Then they flipped over to the other side and they're like, oh, shit, this is just pure brown cardboard. Should we stick these together with, with the Gorilla Glue or something so that when it breaks, the bottom half Doesn't also looks like Steve? <laughs> no, just let, oh so he falls God. and you just see brown cardboard shoot up all around him. It's like, wrap it in aluminum foil something, man. You got, it's got so many ways you could do this. It's just like, like you were saying, let him at least fall out of sight. I just, out of sight, out of sight. They do it in WWE all the time. You just fall out of sight. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, that's – it's – every time I come on here, I'm like, do I want to try to change the perspective on this? But I don't – I'm not going to. Like, this is fucking pathetic, dude. This is their their big event. This is on TNT. They've got billions of dollars, the people that own this show. You could do whatever the hell you want, and they just make it look like it's happening. Like, if, if this was an independent show, that would kind of be sad. But the fact that this is on TV and they have – the ability to edit all of this stuff, and this is what we get. 
in multiple takes. You can try it over and over again, and they're just like, oh, no, that's the one. That looks great. Oh, don't use the cardboard on this one because we only have one one thing of cardboard. We don't want to ruin it. I don't want to have to go down to Home Depot and buy some more cardboard and have to paint it again. No, no, we'll stick with this one. This is fine. Everything's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with this. They'll keep watching. Our 1.5 million people will keep watching. Chris, final thoughts on this? Yeah, this is like when you talk about it, you think about it. This is the stuff that they like. You're seeing the stuff that they make fun of on the, was that, Mystery Science Theater? Yeah. Like it's that level of crap. It's the boom mic coming down in Dolomite. It's it's like that level of crap. It's terrible production. On a weekly basis on TV, and they're trying to, and these this isn't a low budget, a low budget uh, production, man. No, look at I that mean, set, and they have a stadium, and there's a crowd, and everybody's getup looks cool, and like they're yep. spending money on this, and it's just fucking terrible. Would people excuse this if it was WWE? Absolutely they, not. The only reason people excuse it is because it's not WWE, and they're like, oh, it's, it's fine, because it's the cool shit to like watch now, so it's fine, it's fine. That's all I got. Yeah, it's bad. And it's not, like, it's, um, it, it keeps fucking happening. It's it's the arcade match where the arcade <laughs> machines are made, of, are made of cardboard, or a and they explode. There's nothing. There's nothing in them. The arcade is like balloons taped to a piece of card, uh, cork board. The exploding barbed wire death match where sparklers go off and nothing breaks. It's just like they keep doing it. And I think the reason why, if you go on Twitter or read these reviews, they're like, this was a pretty damn exciting episode of this show. It's not. This sucks. I don't get it. I think it's like you're trying to. It's like inflating a stock price and lying to your investors and saying that the. You know, like this is, oh, oh, yeah, this product is really doing well with these people right here, so we don't have to change it. We're going to sell some more. When it comes down to it, it's just, it's going to balloon and it's going to bust. And I'm just waiting for it to happen. I don't want it to happen. I want it to get better. I want to enjoy watching AEW every week. I don't want to have to pick it apart. And it's so easy to do. I don't want AEW to fail, but they have to get better at this. And we said we're now going into year three, and it just hasn't gotten better. It's actually gotten worse. What was was it was it uh was it was it William Regal who put that article out a while ago and he was telling people about like you know if you're a young wrestler things you shouldn't do and one of which was like don't try things in the ring that you don't know how to do with you know like like don't try anything new in the ring. I mean even Jericho has said like if you can't do a drop kick don't do a fucking drop kick. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, aren't they seeing this? I mean, look, nobody, there's nobody out there that's putting her hand in the air and screaming, we need to see people flying off the cage or we're not going to watch your television show. They're not in the position in which they have to do these things. Nobody screamed, we need an exploding barbed wire match or we'll stop watching. They chose to execute these things that they didn't have the capability of doing, right? If you if you can't figure out, you should know before you even tell people you're going to do it, you should have already run through it a hundred times and had it look perfect. Or if so not perfect, just hide the flaws, well, which listen, they can't that's do. I, that That's what I mean. Like when I say look perfect, throwing a guy off the cage and having him disappear into the darkness, that looks perfect. Right. You'll remember right. it. You'll remember it, right? Like, uh, who was it when 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 McMahon jumped on Steve Blackman? You didn't see him hit. No. 
right? Or Shaquille O'Neal disappearing from an ambulance. We never got a conclusion to that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that was truly the Orlando well, magic at work. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, that's like like telling somebody. You're tell, you're walking up to somebody and saying, hey, I'm going to give you a check for $1,000. They never asked for the money, and then you not being able to deliver on it. Right. It doesn't – just doesn't make any sense. If you put on a decent wrestling show every week, you don't need to do any of this shit. If you put on a decent show every week, people are going to watch. Right. Brandon, final thoughts this, on AEW. We'll get to this, but this is why I've been enjoying this retro wrestling review segment because it's reaffirmed my belief that this isn't the way that it that it should be or has been or is even acceptable. It's very easy to find plenty of content that is not this poor, but I guess because this is on TNT, and I don't know if the masses are this starved, but this stuff just seems to get a, a B plus, A minus every week, and I'm not feeling it. I saw some reviews that gave that Kenny Omega with Orange Cassidy interview an A. <laughs> like I, what, guys? What guys? I know it's not WWE. You don't have to give him an extra points just for not being WWE because you're trying to support. You can still support the other guy. Just critically. You can critically support them. This has just gotten worse and worse. God, it's so fucking disappointing. (laughs) We're going into double or nothing, and I'm not excited for it at all. Oh, I know. I am because there's going to be a rant that following Tuesday. Yeah, I know. On my computer screen. No, um, you, uh, <laughs> you know, anybody that's listening and they and they're if you're somebody that just is loves AEW and you're standing by it just because it's different than WWE, but not because you actually think it's good. Understand that your time is valuable and you're if you're going to tune in, they should be putting the best program out there that they possibly can. Not whipping shit together that makes no sense. There you go. There was one funny thing that happened I wanted to mention last week. Uh I was watching the NFL draft, and uh, the first pick is the Jacksonville Jaguars come up, and they cut to the the war room at the NFL draft, and it's like all of the scouts and Shad Khan sitting at this table, and then at a separate table with a notebook alone is Tony Khan. I was hoping it was going <laughs> to be. Just... <laughs> it was QT Marshall. That's a fucking yeah. <laughs> And I'm just imagining him coming in there with his AEW shit, like drawing up what the blood and guts match is going to look like while they're going through going through the draft picks. Like, yeah, this is our fucking loser kid. Just let him in here while he, while he plots out his wrestling <laughs> like, show. It's, it's, was it um, – who was he there with? Was it uh, – oh, Jesus. Oh, I blew it. Let's move on. <laughs> the blonde-haired guy. I can't remember Oh, Cody Rhodes? No, 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 no. The guy was in ECW. He did the gotch-style pile driver. Oh, um – He's a he's a talent guy for AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the one that Whatever. was on Impact when when he had a Starfleet notebook. Yeah, let's go. It'll come into me and I'll scream it out later in the show. <laughs> that's fine. Do that. Let's move on. Yeah. NXT, Chris. Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. That's who it is. Yeah. Okay. NXT. Uh, once again, NXT was pretty good. Another good um, another good episode of wrestling. Yes. Yes. Um, we'll go through some stuff real quick. Uh, starts off pretty hot. You get Isaiah Swerve Scott with a win over Leon Ruff. Um, I guess it was a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, I didn't really see much of a build. I mean, I know these guys have been going at it for a while. So, you know, I mean, these two have been pretty good over the last few weeks. It was definitely interesting. I didn't mind them going back to the well one more time. I think it might be over for now. Um, But he gets the win. 
after the dude that helps Triple H find missing wrestling treasures on EN, A&E interferes. Um, I don't know the guy's name. I have no idea. It's, yeah, he, they have a show on A&E where they go find old wrestling um, uh, memorabilia, memorabilia that, that fans have. Really? And the guy that, yes, yeah. It's, it's so real quick. Um, a lot of people are starting to think that they're actually trying to put together a physical hall of fame or a museum that you can actually go to. Um, but it's a little, it's, if you don't like watching reality shows, uh, it's, it's not, it's, it's very, you know, um, formulaic go to the house. The guy doesn't want to take the, the, the offer. He might take the offer. I'll throw in something special. Okay. I'll take the offer. It's the same thing every time. Most want WWE's most wanted treasures. Yes. That that's it. (laughs) What's it called? It's I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about. We both talked at the same time. I don't know who's right. You are WWE's most wanted treasures. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Um, and before I, A and E going all in with the WWE programming. Yeah. Well, I guess they fall under the, uh, universal peacock umbrella, the peacock universal Comcast umbrella. Um, yeah. Uh, we talked about this a while ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Isaiah Scott legit, right? I mean, like he's he's a legit bad guy. He looks great. Kill shot. He's awesome. Yeah, but I mean, just his his wrestling skills great, but his look yeah, is cool. is is great. I mean, you know, with the with the grill and the sneer and all that other stuff, he's he's I'm really I'm on board with this. Brandon, did you catch it? Yeah, I just thought this wasn't a special event, war games build up, nothing. This was just a, a regular NXT episode, correct? Yeah, it's just it was started with two dudes that were in a feud and it ended with four women that are in a feud. I just thought, what a fun way to start a regular week of a cable wrestling TV show. I didn't, I don't watch this every week. I didn't know the context. Within two minutes, I was sucked in and it built up from there. The match was 15, 20 minutes long, mm-hmm. and I was locked in for the entire episode from then. You didn't have to to sell it as that. I don't know if they did. I don't know if they didn't. They were it's just they an were... enjoyable thing that happened on TV. <laughs> Thank Ru- goodness. I know. Ruff and Scott have been feuding for a little while, though. But yeah, I mean, I mean in the back. sense that there's this this uh, Falls Count Anywhere right. match coming up next week on NXT. I don't know that that happened, but it just the show started. It got fucking crazy immediately. You didn't have to know anything about that to get into it. Right. A plus. And they explained it on air. They'll tell you what's going on. He's been doing this, and this guy's been doing that. I do have a problem with this match, though. Uh, Go ahead. They, it was false count anywhere, and then when they came back from adverts, they said, during the break, they fought in the back. What the fuck? Like, what was that? I, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. <laughs> during the break, I... they went all through the back, and they did this, and they did that, and it's like, wait, what? Why would you even bother saying that? And there was also a point in this match, and like like I said, we spent so much time bragging on AEW, I didn't want to do it, but there was a point in this match where uh, Leon Ruff gets like smashed into that um, that plexiglass cage mm-hmm. that surrounds the 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 um, the barrier, yeah. and power bombed, and then and then uh, Scott picks him up and drags him in the ring to pin him. Yeah, it's false count anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wasn't it? I, and I was watching it. I was like, what? I, look, this is that's really not a complaint. It was just yeah. something I noticed. I looked at it. I just was like, I think maybe he was dragging him in the false count point. Anyway. Yeah, he was doing it because that was the the pinfall that counted, right? Uh, no, it didn't. I no, think. that makes no sense. Maybe. Yeah, you I think he could. Yeah, yeah. Um. Next. 
Did we see the? Did anybody see the Austin Theory got a little confused this week with the nails? <laughs> yeah, Brandon, you saw so, this, right? So stupid, so good, so bad. Brandon, did you catch us? <laughs> oh, what happened? So, <laughs> God, you want to explain it, Chris? Yeah. Uh, so you know, Austin Theory, Johnny Gargano, and Austin Theory are gonna barge into Regal's office to, I guess. They're mad about Bronson Reed. Yeah, he's always mad about it. Sometimes. He's always mad about something. He's always barging into offices. So they go and they hear the doors open. They go into, uh, let's call it what it is. They go into Regal's closet. And Scarlett Bordeaux is sitting in the chair next to Regal's desk talking to Regal. And Austin Theory starts, he looks at Scarlett Bordeaux and he says, whoa, those are so big. Now, meanwhile, Scarlett's wearing the clothes she wears out to the ring, so we can see where this is going. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are so big. Are they real? They gotta be real. They gotta be real. Those nails, <laughs> they're huge. It's pretty good. Yeah. And Johnny Gargano goes, you can't touch people, Gal. You just touch people. Let's get out of here. It's pretty good. The, the, uh, yeah. the way is pretty good, man. They're entertaining. They are. They are. Johnny Gargano gets on my nerves. He's been on TV too much, but the rest of them make he, – he actually is pretty good. I'm not going to complain about him anymore for this week at least. Um, carry on Cross. Once again, I'll bring it back to what you were talking about before, how wrestlers always make the dumbest moves ever and do the dumbest shit and say the dumbest shit that make no, doesn't make any sense. Well, Carry on Cross actually makes the greatest point in wrestling history <clears throat> in the ring. Um, he tells everybody that as the champ – I don't have to prove anybody in the back wrong. They got to come out to the ring and prove themselves right. Meaning he doesn't have the Drew McIntyre with the belt on his shoulder calling people out. I want to fight you. I want to fight you. You don't like me. I, I'll, I, I'm offering you a title shot so they can beat you. No, you got to go to him. Uh, and then everybody, then everybody runs into the ring. <laughs> yeah, then we just get this big brouhaha with Karrion Cross, Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly, and Pete Dune. And then the way came out and attacked Karrion Cross because because uh, Austin Theory's indiscretions in uh, Regal's closet, he has to wrestle Karrion Cross next week. So mm-hmm. the way came out and did a little number on him. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly actually during that um, during that little promo parade has this uh, great new guitar player head head nodding theme music. Mm-hmm. He's very yes and no, you know, and they. Up and down, left to right, which is pretty good. Um, Saray. Hold on. Uh, wrestle. I found that entire segment at sloppy. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, they were just, no one, at one point, everybody was just like kind of running into each other. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very sloppy. Yeah, I think it had a lot to do with the camera. There were so many dudes, and the camera had a wide shot, and you could see everything going on. So it looked very Royal Rumbly, where there was kind of people standing in the corner waiting for their turn to run in. But everybody looked strong in it, and then Karrion Cross looked the strongest out of it all. Yeah, but then he got beat up by the way. So this way, it makes it makes you think that maybe Austin Theory can win next week, which we know he isn't. But yeah, go ahead. So uh, yeah, Saray is in the ring this week. She's gonna go against Zeta Ramier. Is that her name, Ramier? No, it's Ramier, but um, she's Ramier to me. Okay, Ramier. Zeta Ramier. Um, I mean, Sarah wins hard hitting. Same thing as she did against, uh, um, Zoe Stark. Uh, she gives, uh, 
Ms. Ramier, a pretty solid drop kick. That drop kick she does between the second and uh, the bottom and second rope. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Saray. The only bit, the only beef I have with Saray is I'll buy her, and this is going to be a local joke. I'm, I apologize, but when she gets rid of that Santucci's ass underneath that, charges <laughs> <laughs> thirty dollars for a fucking pizza. They can kick my kiss my ass. Um, but no, Saray is the <laughs> kick shit. his ass. Kiss my ass, kick his ass. Kiss this ass. Happy Hanukkah. All right. Um, uh, Ramir looked a little bit uh, lost out there at times, and I could have sworn at one point Saray gave her a little crack in the face because of it. Oh, I don't know. I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, at one point she was kind of bouncing around Ramir, and it looked like Saray laid it in there once. Like, get it together? Yep. I like the Uranage as a finisher. Not, nobody uses it in WWE. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Basic fucking judo toss onto your head. It's a good finisher. Your head. I'm stoked for Saray to get a decent push. It should be fun. And an actual character besides Japanese lady. Yeah, once she gets out of that, like the Japanese, uh, the generic uh, Japanese female wrestler gear with right. things hanging from it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Brandon, did you catch Cameron... any of this? Any of these matches? Any of these segments? The instructions were to watch the Leon Ruff match and the main event. That, I just You've been quiet for a while. I just wanted to check in with you and make sure you're still alive. Go ahead, Chris. So uh, Cameron Grimes, we go to him. He's trying to get into the club. Oh, God, he, paid for a, he, paid, he paid for a VIP booth, but his name's not on the list because of Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Ted DiBiase tells him, why buy one booth? When you can buy the whole club, because everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. Ha ha. Pretty good. Um, main event was amazing this week. First, before the main event, we find uh, we have uh, Pokemon Girl and Freddy Krueger are in the back. That is um, Pokemon Girl. What are you talking about? Pokemon Girl. Pokemon Girl is uh, Ember Moon. Pokemon Girl. I don't <laughs> get it. Girl. Why is she Pokemon? Girl? I know she. Because I know she plays Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon Girl. Okay. Yeah. Pokemon Girl and Freddy Krueger in a street fight with Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. But before they go out to the ring, they can't take their tank because Frankie Monet's dog took a shit in it. (laughs) (laughs) And look, I always rag on Ember Moon, right? I always rag on her. But she was going, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is pretty this good. Is pretty good. And then uh, Shotzi Blackheart's like, "How is it that big?" So they, um, yeah. So uh, you know, this was a street fight. Um, once again, Indy Hartwell looked like a beast. Yep. In this match, I mean, she looks so fucking good. Bunch of hard bumps. Uh, Candice LeRae takes a senton on the ladder. They got the ladder stretched out between the barricade and the ring po- and the ring ropes. She takes a nasty senton, bends the ladder in half. Uh, Indy Hartwell takes a splash on the table from the lighting ring um, by uh, Shotzi Blackheart after Shotzi Blackheart busted a coffee mug on her. Um, Hartwell gets double drop kicked, basement drop kicked in the face with a trash can over her head. Uh, ends up with um, Candice LeRae smashing everybody with a pair of brass knuckles because, you know, when you're going to be in the ring for a, a street fight, wear the brass knuckles. <laughs> wear them to the ring. <laughs> yeah, right under the ring, and um, 
Shotzi uh, Blackheart, she takes the pin after uh, Candice Lurie hits her with a wicked stepsister onto a steel chair. So you have new women's tag team champions in NXT. Great match. Uh, really good match. Really good way to end the show. Brandon, good. Again, similar to the first match, which I watched, just incredible wrestling for a, a weekly cable TV show. I thought that ladder spot was awesome. The climbing up on that fixture and going through the table was awesome. Amber Moon, actually, even I had a lot of fun watching her, who I always subconsciously think sucks because I listen to Chris Trasher every she, week. She even. She's good. She's an awkward, awkward, awkward promo. She's just a nerd. And then be a nerd. She does. <laughs> she is. And be a nerd. Like you're look, you're 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 acting like you're tough. Well, and they all not. are. They're all. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't understand what I'm saying. She's acting like something that she's not. Everybody says, all the old wrestlers say, the greatest characters are your personality turned up to 10, 11. Sorry. She's acting. She doesn't look realistic when she behaves like that. What she isn't good at, in my opinion, is when she does something cool. Uh, then looking cool afterwards. Like she always looks saying. a little goofy and nerdy. <laughs> like when she comes in, she did that awesome move where she hurled that someone through the table and then she kind of gets up and is like trying to look cool about it. But it just looks uh, like a nerd is doing that. So I, I get what you're saying. But... I like that. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, and you should. It, it was fun. The, the NXT women's tag titles, much more interesting than the WWE women's tag titles. Yes, by far. <laughs> Final thoughts on the NXT, Chris? Yeah, it was a good show. It was the best show of the week. Yeah, usually is, which is great. Okay, so uh, Vice started airing Dark Side of the Ring again. First episode was a two-parter uh, starring the rise and fall of one Brian Pillman. Rip. He's dead. Chris and I are familiar with Brian Pillman. Brandon, are you, were you familiar with Brian Pillman before you watched this? I think you're on mute. He tragically passed away before I really became a week-to-week fan. Familiar with him um, from watching matches in hindsight, but I definitely heard some stuff I hadn't heard before watching this. All right. Well, let's start with you and get your thoughts on this show. Um, since you, I think your opinion on it would be the freshest just because you have less familiarity. Cool. Go ahead. Yeah, here's what I thought. I, I enjoyed hearing stuff like the creation of the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, how he, I liked to hear him calling Steve Austin kid, even though he was only like a year older than him. Uh, development of the loose cannon gimmick. Uh, him playing Bischoff out of his own contract. Um, my favorite my favorite part of that first episode, which is my background right now, was him spitting in the face of that dude that looked like one of the Klopeks from the Burbs, if you've ever seen that movie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, they, they explained his hype by saying that, that Meltzer liked him. Steve Austin credited him with the success of their tag team. Nobody uh, could tell if the loose cannon gimmick was real or not. But trying to pinpoint that good that allows you, me as a viewer to tolerate some of the bad that they kept sprinkling in along the way and make him a sympathetic character, I thought that that got kind of lost. Uh, maybe that's just the way the story is, and I wasn't live to see it in real time, but that's how it came off to me them telling it chronologically how awful he was with women 
and how they kept kind of breezing over it, but it was so frequent I kept going, wait, what? He bankrupted his suicidal ex through lawyer fees and took her kids? And then it would cut to Jim Cornette going, uh, talking about how his tag team rating wasn't good, but they shouldn't have kicked him off of the – should have broke up the tag team and ended the, sh- the uh, show on WCW. But uh, other than that, I wrote down, boy, Melanie looks awful and hopeless. That Rochelle story was, was absolutely terrible. Um, I thought Brian Pillman Jr. was one of the few sympathetic characters, really all of his kids. AEW made sure they capitalized on that by having him wrestle in his dad's shorts during uh, Blood and Guts. But, yeah, this was a tough one. I think they were trying to go for telling the story of a guy that should have been right there next to uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker. But, like, uh, the pressures of his life got to him, and he tragically passed. But the way that they told it, they didn't think there were any – any uh, sympathetic characters. I was a little bit confused about what the the rise uh, was. I guess it was just kind of like the sad fall of Brian Pillman. Let me ask you, have you real quick. Have you watched season one or two of Dark Side of the Ring at all? Yes, I think I've seen every episode. Okay, um, Chris, go ahead. I'll let you go before I comment. No, I mean, like you know, I, I can't really add much more to that. The only thing I could say is the one thing because. <sighs> You know, I say this to people when they recommend wrestling documentaries to me. I've pretty much seen all this stuff before. So if you're if you're been a wrestling fan for as long as you and I have, Jim, been Jim, we've kind of know a lot of this stuff already. So it's not new content. The only thing I could say about this is um, drugs and brain injuries. It's got and written leg, all over this and leg injuries as well. Well, I mean, you know, the impulsive behavior, the you know, um, the drug abuse, but I mean, a lot of times you're starting to see, they're starting to see a lot of, um, uh, a lot of people who end up, who are in, you know, uh, contact sports who end up doing extremely impulsive things on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And then they end up dying. They end up notice they're, 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 uh, they were suffering from CTE the whole time. So, you know, it's, it's, it looks like it's pretty cut and dry what happened with that dude. I, um, yeah, I, uh, Dark Side of the Ring tends to uh, treat these monsters like heroes, which I don't necessarily agree with. Brian Pillman was kind of a piece of shit, honestly. Um, hate to speak bad of the dead, but he he was. Just, you know, his suicidal wife bankrupting, you mentioned that. Um, yeah, it's terrible. They did the same thing with uh, New Jack. They painted him like he was some cool guy, and they did it with, with uh, murdering ass Chris Benoit. I don't think I don't like the way they do that. I, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they get a lot of wrestlers involved, and wrestlers are really carny and they want to protect their own. So it's like uh, Jr. had barbecue stains on his shirt. It looked like on his AEW shirt. It's good to see that he. Uh, <laughs> he did. Good to see he had a fucking clean shirt on. Also, Meltzer's office. Impressive. <laughs> what a, should be fucking ashamed. What a himself. fucking pigsty. Jesus Christ. His twitchy, nerdy way that he wouldn't look at the camera. Yeah, can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, go ahead. He refers to himself as, as the most accurate reporter in wrestling at one point. Two things. Accuracy. Two words I'm going to point out. Accuracy. Accuracy. Pure guesswork. And... Uh, information that's available to anybody if they know where to look. Okay, okay, let me cut you off there. Back when Dave was doing it back then, before the internet, he was the only guy you had to go to. There weren't many other people. There was the after mags, but they were all well, they were all storyline. Right. So Dave Meltzer was at one point. He is correct. He was the most informed and accurate wrestling 
I, reporter, but I, it doesn't. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, compared to everybody else, you, I, you're right. You're if he's forty percent right, he was better than twenty percent right. If he's five percent right, he's the only one doing it, so he's the most accurate one. Right. So he you isn't point, wrong. Point taken. And that's a classic Meltzerism: is to say, oh, yeah. I, I'm the best at doing this. Well, no one else is doing it. No one else is doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you guys are the best Lardani brothers in the history well, of, of Philadelphia, but that doesn't doesn't mean much if you're also the only Lardani. Now there's a couple of them out there. <laughs> <laughs> you listen, listen, you listen. Uh, from what I understand, that bar ain't too high. Yeah. Jimmy and I, Jimmy and I are the best. We're leaping over. Um, and uh, the, the fact that he thinks he's an actual reporter. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why a lot of people hate him. And if you want to talk about shirts, he's wearing the fucking Bruiser Brody shirt mm. again. Yeah, he stinks. He's stinky. Yeah, fuck that dude. There's fucking papers all over his fucking office. Yeah, nope. that was disturbing. Give was somebody disturbing. the fucking newsletter for free and have them come over and pick that shit up. Um, <laughs> Pillman's white trash fantasy was just too much. Like these guys that just can't wear a fucking condom. He's got kids all over the fucking place. He looked at that picture of Melanie in, not in Penthouse. I don't know what fucking magazine she was in, that fucking dog. And he said, I'm going <laughs> to marry this beautiful woman. What the fuck was he on? So, what is it? Cellopathic tra- traumatic? What? Yeah, <laughs> that's what he was on. He was on injuries to the brain. Shaken brain syndrome. Chronic traumatic encelo- encephalopathy. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and also, once again, Vince is the bad guy, putting her on TV and asking her questions. Yeah, meanwhile, he gave her a check for that. Yeah. And I she gladly he... fucked herself in. Was that the most pathetic person you've ever you've ever seen on television in your who, life? I was like, boy, that Melanie? Melanie. Yeah, I was like, boy, she ball. had nothing to say for herself. She the, the, she was just like, I I I hope that the kids someday maybe aren't mad at me. I don't know what I would do about it though. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but you start with all the cash coming in from the Brian got, Pillman estate. She's got some drug issues, brother. I'm just gonna guess she's, she's methamphetamines, brother. <laughs> Oh, God, man. Yeah. So a lot of these – so we got a whole season of this. I think there's six episodes. Some of them I don't give a shit about, the, the the Gage one. I don't care about that. What's his name? See, I'm excited for that one because he's still an ongoing act right. that you know Chris and I had just saw, and I know he has a lot of active fans. So the fact that they're putting him under that light as a, one of the dark – the, the dark side of wrestling, I think, is actually interesting. I think it's more about. I think it's gonna be more about Arquette getting in that match with him and almost dying. Probably. Right, you guys, do you guys know that reference? Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah, I know what you're yes. talking about. Yeah, I don't. I hope they don't glamorize this guy. This guy's also a guy that went to jail for a while. They glamorize pieces of shit. They really <laughs> they do. do. They do. They really do. And they don't. They don't do a good enough job of like like. I don't even want to talk about Chris Benoit, but like any of these guys, there there has to be a reason why you should care about all of the awful things that they did relative to wrestling. Mm-hmm. You need to explain to me the the magic that happened when they were in the ring that the average fucking wrestler couldn't do because a lot of people just think as wrestlers as you know even the Pillman thing like as a guy that quit football and picked this up as he didn't have a job and that's all that it was. If if you can't make someone make me feel like someone was special 
than when you're talking about them bankrupting their their wife that then killed themselves. I just that's all that I'm thinking about yeah. when I'm watching the show. The first thing they said yeah, was the first thing they said. The things that really, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. No, you finish. The first thing they said, like a story of his, was Brian Pillman was in a nightclub. He hit on some fucking woman. She threw a drink in his face. Her boyfriend got pissed. He hung the dude off the balcony. Wow, isn't that cool? The guy's a fucking piece <laughs> of shit. Fuck you, dude. Chris, good. Yeah, so, I mean. He's playing heel. I'm oh, sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you got to live the gimmick. He's playing heel like, like Booker T was. Yeah, I look, you have to. Um, we'll get to that. Yeah, how do, how do I say this? So there are a few. Um, I, you know, I'm only, I can only think of one uh, that was like a, the dark side that was like the guy wasn't they didn't paint the guy out to be anything more than what he was. And that was the Bruiser Brody one. Right. Because the Bruiser Brody one was very good. And it got that it was, got me hooked on the show. And my wife also liked it. Now it's like some of these episodes, my wife's just like, I don't really care. This isn't very good. This isn't a good show. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, like from 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 everything you see or you hear, if you're an intelligent because put it this way. It's wrestling, even though they're like on the kind of periphery, they still have all these guys coming in and talk to them. So there's they're they're part now of that carny world where everything's a work. So you could talk about how, oh, well, Macho Man just really loved Elizabeth so much. And he was you know how the boys can be. No, he was a fucking jealous, overpossessive jerk off nutcase. That's that boils down to for a real human being when they see that. So uh, I agree with you. And a lot. It, it's just. You know, I have an idea for a story. Why don't they do a story on, say, Titus O'Neil, who donates all his time to helping people? Right. Why don't they just fo- why don't they talk about how good those guys are instead of to- trying to tell not me that Brian people want to hear a good fucking guy? Yeah, people want to hear the fucking dark shit. That's why it's like crime TV. I get it. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts on Dark Side of the Ring. Next one, we got a. Uh... Brian, what's his name? Mike Gage? What the fuck's the guy's name? Nick Gage. Nick Gage. Nick fucking Gage. Nick fucking Gage. Yeah, we'll review yeah, I will say I get more texts, more than a few texts from people that don't watch wrestling about this show specifically. It, it, it does have a somewhat large following relative to the, the uh, wrestling TV and the non-wrestling crowd. Yeah, well, it's, it's like crime TV. It's like the documentaries on Netflix. People love that shit. I don't. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So real quick, we got some Japan stuff. Um, everything's shut down. There's still a couple of shows happening. Japan is on its fourth wave of COVID. So uh, most of Japan is shut down until after May, into June. They're still going to hold the Olympics, though, supposedly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw a piece on the news about that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And the argument is that the IOC has no power, so you can just do whatever you want. The IOC legitimately has the, you know, Olympic Committee. They have absolutely no power whatsoever. The thing is, is that they, all the money that Japan spent will now have been wasted. Because they were building shit when I was there. Building stadiums, gigantic swimming stadiums. When are we going to learn about the Olympics that you spent all this money to build this shit and it just fucking decays? It disappears. Rots. I don't yeah. understand. It's the same thing with the World Cup. Yeah. You know, if you don't, I always we, we've talked about this in the past. If you don't have, if you're if you're if you're in a country that doesn't have a um, 
like a professional sports setup, like the U.S. does and England does and all most of the European countries do, where you have stadiums that are already existing and can already hold all these people and you have mass transit and highways and all this good stuff, then you get to have the World Cup for the Olympics. But if you have to basically like throw people out of their shitty shanty homes and bulldoze them to build a stadium that's then going to rot, right after the event takes place, then you probably shouldn't be getting it because none of the money you get from it goes to the people that you threw out of the fucking houses. No, it doesn't. It all goes in somebody's pocket. Where's the, what's the, the place on the Arabian Peninsula that basically. Qatar. Uses, uh, Cater. Is it Cater? Qatar? Cater. I think yeah, it's, it's Cater. Yeah. They, Is yeah, it Cater? Yeah. They, it's actually, no, I'm sorry. It's actually Cutter. Cutter. That's Cutter. what it's Cutter. Yeah. They, um, 6,500 migrant workers have died. Yeah. <laughs> In, in Cutter's World Cup prep. Fucking, fucking insanity. Break. In a hot-ass place where they're going to have air-conditioned fucking stadiums, but they're going to be open or some shit? Air-conditioned air seats, I think yeah. they're going to so, have. Yeah, air-conditioned seats. What's that cost? Billions of dollars. I just imagine air, when I hear air-conditioned seat, I think of that thing in the back of magazines, the air-conditioned piff hat that you could buy for like 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I have for Japan. Let me see. Let me check the outline real quick. Oh, how could I forget? Ladies and gentlemen, oh. the news of the week. You know, we're, we've been talking a lot about exploding barbed wire death matches. We've been talking about blood and guts. We're going to review a cage match. FMW is coming back. Onita is launching FMWE. You know what the E stands for? Explosions, baby. <laughs> I shit you not. So the first show has been revealed. It's going to happen on July 4th. Do you know where? We were talking about stadiums, large stadiums. It's going to happen at the Surumu Fruit and Vegetable Market in Yokohama City. <laughs> Actual quote from Onita. The meaning of E is explosion. Because of this era, I would like you to feel the power of FMW by returning to its origin. I believe the show is, did I give you the date on the show? It's going to be streaming in the United States July 4th for America. I think the poster actually has uh, a U.S. flag in it. George Washington. Yeah, it's going to be available for stream in Japanese and English and Chinese. I I will tell you right now, I will be watching this. Will you guys be watching oh, yeah. this? Brandon, will you be watching, watching the FMWE? Stands for explosions. A hundred percent. This is how bad that this AEW shit has gotten that... Atsushi Onida, who is 63 years old, yes, watched it and was like, I got to come out of retirement and, and I don't get a, a vegetable and fruit market and set something up to show people what this is supposed to be. I, um, <laughs> he was supposed to be at the barbed wire death match in AEW. He was supposed to come over, but he couldn't make it because of COVID because he is in his 60s. He was supposed to, he did a little, a little, uh, you know, a video package for them. And then he immediately after the show, he went on Twitter and ripped them and said, that's not what exploding death matches, death matches are supposed to be like. I'll show you what it's really like. And then what do you know? <laughs> In July, he's going to have one. I'm excited. I think this is fun. He's been doing a lot of work with DDT lately. Shows up with exploding. It's uh, uh, exploding electric baseball bat matches, which are always oh hilarious. God. And you want to you want to talk about explosions? Jesus Christ! I don't know how they don't get hurt, man. <laughs> Chris, thought you gonna watch? 
Well, I, yeah, I'll watch. My only concern is, is by the way they're handling COVID in Japan, everybody in that country may be fucking dead by July 4th. <laughs> Maybe he'll just I burn mean, them all and explode them. <laughs> What do they have? What do they have? Yeah. Like, you're, what are those fires in the background? Oh, they're just bodies being burned. Funeral pyres, like India. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Tarzan Goto is going to get suplexed into an exploding funeral pyre. I nearly um, started checking all the old wrestlers, like Mr. Ganosuke, and see if he was going to be there. He's completely retired. He's not going to be there. But go ahead. Yeah, I was, that's what I was going to say to you when you said 4th of July. If I turn this on and the main event or one of the big matches isn't a tag team match between George Washington and Ben Franklin versus uh, Leatherface and Freddy Krueger, I'm tuning out. Oh, my God. Well, guess what? You're gonna have to, we're going to watch some fun stuff like that next week. So <laughs> Nice. All right. That's all I got for Japan. I feel like, go just to say, I feel like, like FMW – warrants an entire episode i this is something that was before my time i feel like we could probably crush an hour pretty easily one of these weeks at AEW and uh raw completely suck which seems to be most of them just going that through that was this of, week it was could have done week. it this week could have yeah, done it last week just probably could do it next week if you ever feel like switching it up i, I would be more than happy to, to delve into the okay actually that's a good idea FMW, because as we build to fmwe's july 4th vegetable market special <laughs> can't wait oh my god it's gonna be so much fun He's going to be cursing. He's going to come out the wild thing. Oh, my God. It's going to be so much fun. Maybe we'll do a special event one of these weeks. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. It's time for our Wrestling Retro Rewind. It was my pick this week. We were talking it up. We had some. We had a exploding by wire death match. We had bloody guts. We were talking up Bull Nakano. So I selected what is considered one of the greatest cage matches in the history of the universe. I'm not just talking about on Earth. I'm talking about on Mars, Jupiter, Uranus. I picked Bull Nakano versus Aja Kong, the cage death match. And if you want to go watch it right now, give us a pause. It's from November 14th of 1990. I believe it's the... What is it, Joshi Poro channel? They have it on there, right? Is that where we watched? That was our link. YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. But they're pure, uh, the Joshi Poro channel is the one that... that 32 minutes and 49 seconds. Oh, yeah, seconds. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. It's a blood feud, baby. Do guys, yeah. Do you want me to give you a little background? Yeah, this is your your thing this week, Jimmy. So walk us through this, and then we'll Chris and I will comment. Okay, so... Bull Nakano was the top of their company for a long time. There was a couple of girls that were on top. Um, Bull Nakano was like the big bad heel. She was initially she was like an underling of the original big bad heel for AJW, who was Dump Matsumoto. And if you don't think Dump Matsumoto was a big deal, she had a video game, and the video game was translated to English as Pro Wrestling on the Sega Master System. They just changed the names. Terrible fucking wrestling game. But that was originally it was called Bull or it was Dump Matsumoto's Pro Wrestling, and it had all the girls of AJ at, at uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling on it. But Bull Nakano was the big bad in this company. Now she and Aisha Kong were a tag for a little bit. They were tag partners. They ended up losing the tag titles. They start feuding with each other. I don't think Bull has the title at this. She has the heavyweight title at this point, I believe. Akira Hokuto has it. But, so it all culminates into this huge feud 
that has can only be solved by a cage death match. Now, what makes this different than other death matches or other cage matches? Traditionally, cage matches, until WWE warped the idea of a cage match, cage matches were two people got in the ring with a referee. The doors were locked. You could not escape. And you beat each other to death until someone was pinned or submitted. Nowadays, it's different. You, got, you can climb out. You can go through the gate. This one was going to be so bloody. It was such a blood feud that they had to lock the cage up and keep the referee out. And the only way to escape, because it was going to be so dangerous, the referee had to be out. The only way to escape was to climb out of the ring. Questions, thoughts, concerns? Go right ahead. Brandon, I'll let you go first. Just one correction. January 1990, Nakano won a tournament final to win the vacant WWWA World Singles Championship. She held that for three years before dropping to Asia Kong. So I think she, she was, was the, the champion. champion at the time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I didn't do any research. I'm just going on memory. I'm Meltzer in it. <laughs> Not enough likes. Well, if, you, if you were Meltzer in it, you would deny that that was true, and then right. and you would say you that you like, were like, right. you know, like I don't know, like you know, like. All right. First off, let's to start the match off. We get a promo. <laughs> so you get. Bullock Can I you? Why? Yeah, go ahead. Why? Because <laughs> this is the way they did it. So Fuck. you get Bull Nakano and Aja Kong, and they're standing next to each other. Bull Nakano has got this fucking robe on, huge robe, with it looks like a giant uh, corpse flower that opened up. They start screaming at each other. Immediately, shit breaks down. First thing I spot is Medusa, a.k.a. Alundra Blaze, and Zubaz in a USA bandana in the middle of breaking it all up. Break, break, uh, yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, fantastic. I always get sad when I watch these, like, Bull Nakano looks so cool in that promo that I'm like, I hope she looks like that the whole time. And then, like, two minutes into the match, it's like everything's completely distraught. All the face paint is gone for both of them. (laughs) Her hair is sideways. It looks like wings. So they get to the ring. We got some legends on commentary. Uh, I noticed right away. I could tell Jack, this is what a geek I am. Jaguar Yakota's voice. She sounds like this. You get Linus Asuka on commentary, who's a woman that Oscar uh, from WWE. She took that name when she came to WWE. So <laughs> Aja Khan comes to the ring. She's got her rice tins. We said before they were trash cans. They're not. They're tins for rice, to store rice. She comes down to the ring. Uh, uh, Bull Nakano comes to the ring. And Aja Khan comes after her with scissors and starts cutting her hair. Right? <laughs> Immediately yeah. she's cutting hair. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. Keep going. I'm just, I just agree with you. I'm sorry. And, and then shit just gets fucking wild. Apparently this was a build. I believe Aja Kong attacked Bull Nakano's leg with scissors at some point. So she came after her again with scissors. Because eventually the scissors work. There's a lot of weapons in this fucking match. So they finally get them in the ring. After they're beating the shit out of each other ringside, they finally get them in the ring, and they start going at it. Fucking Bulnikano's fucking clotheslines and thrust kicks. And then Ajikang is just nailing her with those spinning back fists. She must hit like 25 in a row. Just spinning, punching, spinning, punching. The lights go out at one point. <laughs> Yeah, what was that? Was that I don't on know purpose? The pa- no, the power, I think. What, I think somebody hit the wrong button. <laughs> Fucking, I guess it was uh, Dick Togo turned the lights off for the Lights Out match to confuse Toro Yano. So they turned the lights off, and uh, it's just like a spotlight in the middle of the ring. Everybody's like, ooh. It's a hard to tell who the good guy and bad guy in this are. A lot of times they're booing both of them, which was kind of fun. Thoughts? Anything? Brandon? 
they're beating the hell out of each other. Um, one thing I liked in this match was that they interfered. People interfered the factions. Oh my god! In the match, that shit was great. They were completely. Be- Go ahead. Yes, they. We get a faction within a, a singles match without it changing the story of the singles match. So many matches get derailed by not just letting a singles match be a singles match because they have to get everybody on the show. This was a fantastic way to do that. Yeah, they were just beating the shit out of each other ringside, but it didn't distract from what was going on inside the ring. They were, they were whacking each other with sticks and throwing chairs at each other. It was fucking, that was fucking great. Of course, you get all the weapons. So we get the bow staff nunchucks come in the ring. That's the first thing I think that comes into the ring. Then we get the scissors. I never saw those before. What, the nunchuck? That's My cousin actually had a pair of them. Nunchucks. It's like a bow staff and it unscrews. And then nunchucks. It's the stupidest, most impractical weapon ever. <laughs> First of all, when it's a bow staff, all you can hear are the chains inside the tube shaking. Yeah. Right? Then, in order to make it into like the three sided nunchucks, you have to sit there and unscrew it. Yeah. So, like, if you were in a fight with somebody, you'd wait, 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 wait a second. Just do this real wait a quick second. and unscrew it. We'll get this done real quick. Stupidest That's not what I was thinking of. Ever. <laughs> then we get the rope. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the big nunchucks. Weren't there big nunchucks at some point? It was just yeah, that, that was that one. It, it was a stick at one point, and then you unscrew it, and then it's nunchucks. Three three piece nunchucks. <laughs> yeah, they, it's like a threaded. It's threaded, and you have to screw them into one. <laughs> no, I thought, one, I thought at one point there was like a pair of nunchucks that there was were. about. Each side was two feet long, that and was... there was just a chain in the middle. <laughs> no, what it was Not was it was the three-piece nunchucks, but only one side was unscrewed. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was like that a really just... long nunchuck and then like a short one. This and one she four, also had nunchucks, too. She had legit nunchucks, too. <laughs> there was uh, – so we get the scissors. So there's a stabbing attack. She starts stabbing the shit out of, her ar- of Aja Kong's arm. Uh, we get a rope. There's a hanging. There's going to be a hanging. That was was it Medusa that provided the rope? Yes. Yeah, Medusa's out there yeah. running around. Uh, Ms. Medusa Ms. is Go ahead. Medusa's intent on Bold Makano losing. Yes. She yeah. don't want her to win, man. She's like a monster out there running around the ring with her dope ass jeans. <laughs> and she had, she had jeans on at this point. At the the initial yeah. interview she had Zubaz on USA Zubaz. Zubaz. Yes. Uh, I liked I like people like you were saying like people were trying to climb in at one point when um when Aja Kong's getting the shit kicked out of her uh, Bison Kimura's trying to climb up she's climbing the fucking fence also uh, props to fucking uh, Bull Nakano climbing the fence in bare feet terrible that's fucking insane dude Brandon yeah I noticed that I think she had like tape over the middle of her feet I think probably exactly for that reason. I love that with all the props, they answer the question, Chris, that you always bring up of why is X shit at the arena in the first place? It's like, well, because someone brought it to use and gave it to them in the middle of the match. Pretty easy question to answer if you just do some shit that makes sense. Uh, appreciate from you, Jim, the through line within this podcast, the attempted hanging where Aja is lifting Bull off the ground with that big mess of rope around her neck. We seem to like those spots. <laughs> Between that and the big boss man, we've had a lot of hangings around here. <laughs> Any more hangings we can cover? Then we get the chain. The chain makes its way into the ring. I think I forget who the hell threw the chain in the ring. 
think it's uh, Kyoko, Kyoko Inoue. She throws the fucking chain in the ring. She tries climbing in at one point. So, this is where it gets a little silly because I got Aja Kong. To, she's choking Aja Kong with the chain. Then she tries tying her off to the ropes, but it comes undone. So she's got to stop and she's got to tie her up again. But it's, I mean, it, the match is high action. It, it's also one of the things that happens in like major league wrestling, in particular WWE, when they have these cage matches, is that it's kind of a cage with a match happening inside. So it's like, let me get my shit in. And this, it, they get their shit in, but it makes sense. So you get the spinning back fists, you get, you know, your leg drops, you get the power bombs, you get that fucking nasty ass fucking power drum pile driver thing that fucking almost kills freaking Aja Kong. But it makes sense because they're doing it. They're doing what they, the offense they know, but it's in a chaotic situation. So it, it makes sense. You get what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. And I didn't know that watching it, but. God forbid something makes sense, right? It wouldn't even cross my mind that that's what would happen. Right. And I'll, I'll bring it to a close. So we get it. So, you know, this shit goes on for, I don't know, 25 minutes. They're beating the shit out of each other. We get this iconic shot of Bull Nakano on the fucking top rope. She jumps off. She does the leg drop. I think Bull Nakano is the baby face. At one point, there's a, a pipe comes into the ring. This long-ass pipe, which just looks like a cardboard, like... The cardboard they pack posters in. Um, and then uh, Bull Nakano climbs. She gets out. She wins the match. She's going away in triumph. Shit breaks down again. People are in the ring. They're screaming at each other. They start fist fighting. Medusa's in there. She's getting kicked by one girl. And then it comes down to it's going to be a bunch of tag teams are going to fight each other coming out of this. But the only thing I could say about this match is that it made sense going in if you know a little bit of the story, but you could figure it out just by watching it and be like, oh, this person doesn't like that person. That person doesn't like that person. Oh, they're on other teams, and these girls are attacking these girls. The violence makes sense because it's a blood feud. The ending makes sense, and then there's a build coming out of it. Holy shit, pro wrestling can make sense. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, first, I, I wanted to say... Bull, Bull Nakano, I mean, probably one of the greatest looks in wrestling history. Oh, yeah, absolutely. People still and analyze her her look. Like, she's fucking amazing. She's the 90s, man. Early 90s for yeah. sure. Um, also, like, you know, if anybody listens to this and then goes and watches this match, understand this is three years before Easter, uh, ECW was even EC, Eastern Championship Wrestling. So mm -hmm. this is like... Way before this was on the uh, radar in the United States, as far as being shown to a U.S. audience uh, or done by a U.S. company, um, yeah, I mean it was just insane. I, I, and, and the one thing that kept ca catching me was like, like I, like you just said, I, it took me five seconds to figure out what the fuck was going on. It, it didn't take long at all because I didn't notice it at first. And you're like, wait a minute, they're fighting. People are fighting outside the ring. And I know enough that uh, Medusa and, and, and Bull Nakano went at it a lot. So like. You know, it made perfect sense when why every time she would climb the cage, Bull would climb the cage, Medusa would immediately be over there to stop her from doing it. Like she wasn't going to let her happen. She right. Wasn't I think she let was, her win. I think she was tag part. She was buddies with Aja Kong just because she was fighting Bull Nakano. Right. You know what I mean? That makes sense, right? Um. So yeah, what was I going to say? So oh, and you missed. There was a couple things. Number one, oh, yeah. the leg drop off the top of the cage. Yeah, I mentioned that. Did you? And. <laughs> Uh, I think N Nakano was the heel or the babyface because after the match they were all chanting her name. Right. 
So that would make sense. But who knows? It's Japan. They could have just chanted her name because she just jumped off the goddamn cage. So, you know. Oh, how about, how, about, how about the spot where she's, she's she gets stabbed in the arm with the scissors, Aja Kong. She's all stabbed up. Bull Nagano takes the rope and starts doing rope burn moves on her yes. arm where the cuts were. Yes. She was wild as shit. The the only thing about this, and it's just this is just a, a little thing I noticed because it was Bull Nakano did it all the time. She was awesome when she would whip out the nunchucks, mm-hmm. especially in the nineties, because that was actually like, oh wow, that's an effective weapon. Yeah. <laughs> but the only problem is, is that it's not a good working weapon. No. Like in order to use a nunchucks, you gotta whip somebody <laughs> in the face with it. So it's always like you do the whole thing with it, and it's like, eh. yeah, because <laughs> eh. you can't like really hit somebody with them. But still, I always love when she whip out the nunchucks. That was awesome. Brandon, go ahead. you don't think if you got a good spin on a nunchuck, you could crack somebody across the face and do some damage? I'm surprised well, by yeah, by but Chris wrestling Nerf wise, the the only but in wrestling you yeah, can't yeah. do that. <laughs> okay, okay, you yeah. can't, you can't, you can't do a working nunchuck hit. Nunchuck. Gotcha. Hit. I thought you were That's shitting it, on the nunchuck. No, as a no I am. I'm shitting like, on them as a weapon too. I, you know, it's, it's, it, I am. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of stupid, but I agree with you. <laughs> you get hit in the face on them, it's gonna, it's gonna suck. Yeah, Brandon. Um, yeah, not a crazy technical match, but so much brutality. I thought it was a good choice this week, considering how you know, not, not that you knew this was coming, but you probably had a feeling. Uh, this AEW faction match with the cage thing and how shittily that they told a story relative to, to this one. So this struck me as something that they could very, like a company could very easily imitate steal. Most people probably haven't seen this and it would go over very well, but instead we get what we get on a weekly basis. Yeah. I give this match 100,000 stars out of 23. That's my opinion. You don't have to take it. 100,000 out of 23? Mm-hmm. Greatest match in the history of matches. <laughs> I'll go 50, 50 million Shiba Inu coins, which I own, out of uh, 10, 10 million. So. Yeah, excellent. Chris, would you, how would you rate this match? Um, I'll say um, 10... Meltzer lies out of 10 Meltzer lies. Okay, 10 out of 10 lies, which makes it all one giant lie. <laughs> Excellent. So, next week, I get the pick again because I screwed up last time. We've been talking some FMW. Should I put off FMW until it's time to uh, do like a whole episode on FMW? I I want to do an FMW episode. Do you guys Are you guys down with that? We haven't discussed this offline. Well, I mean, I, I, w- I would like it, but, you know, I mean, it's going to go long if we do that because I have to talk about El Fantasma and Impact. So I don't know if we can do that. Let's uh, let's uh, let's save. Let, yeah, let's, let's save FMW because we got a pay-per-view next week. So let's let's save that one. I'm trying to find a match now. Save. What, what do you mean? What's a Fantasma Impact thing, Chris? El Fantasma was an Impact. El Phantasma showed up okay. on Impact, but nobody cared. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the Bullet Club guy nobody cares about showed yeah, up on the least, wrestling show the, that nobody cares about. Well, there's like one more Bullet Club guy <laughs> that nobody cares about. Uh, fucking Takahashi. <laughs> oh, 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 I thought this was an FMW reference. Went right over my fucking No, head. no, I was just you saying, that, you, can't, that, you can't devote a whole show to FMW. <laughs> I got to talk about this thing. Yeah. Uh, 
Good. The great commentator, El Phantasmo. You find one, Jim? I think I did. I'm going to move on to something else. I'm going to do... There's a big sad day coming up. Hanukkah Moore is passing away. It's coming up soon, so let's consider her best match. Hanukkah Moore versus that? Julia. No, we didn't do that. We did one of her matches. We did her last match. Ah, okay. But what people are considering her best match, which is Hanukkah Moore versus Julia, which I believe is from... December 24th of 2019 in Corken Hall. I think we'll do that one. I'll try to find a stream somewhere online. That I'm sure you can find it illegally. We have I have a Stardom subscription, so we can watch it. Done Sound good? Done. Let's do that one. Hanukkah Moore vs. Julia. The show is called Year End Climax from 2019. I believe. Uh, it's 1224... 2019 from Cork and Hall. If that's incorrect, I will correct myself. I'll correct myself online, or maybe I'll go back and edit it. I'll look into it later. All right, cool. That's the match we're going to do. And then go we'll back talk and about... edit it. Huh? Go back and edit it so it sounds like, no. I think this match is from December 9th of 2019. <laughs> that's what I will do. Yeah, you think I wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you will. <laughs> the uh, Atlanta Falcons. He is Dave Meltzer, and these are the Meltzer Files. Hey, guys. Did you hear that Meltzer was a racist again? <laughs> nah. So Meltzer uh, was on his show. Uh, of course, thank you, uh, uh, Meltzer said what? The uh, Twitter account for all these references because there's no way I'm paying for it. Chris will pay for the newsletter, but apparently he's on his podcast that you have to pay for. Patreon subscription only. And he was talking about, now, Brandon, have you been checking out these, a, these A&E biographies about WWE? No, I haven't. I, I, I think, what is this, the second one? They it's did the Macho one. Man and they, the third one? Yeah, they did. Macho Man, Booker T, I don't know what else. They but. did Rowdy Rowdy, Rowdy Rowdy Piper as well. Fourth. Oh, this is the fourth one? Yeah, Macho Man, Roddy yeah. Roddy Piper, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and now Booker T. Oh, they did stuff. Uh, that's right. They had. I saw this shit that you could go to like a drive-in theater in Philadelphia and at where like near where Festival Pier used to be and and watch the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Really? <laughs> outside, yeah. Really? I might be into that. Yeah. Be with a bunch of dorks are like, that's not correct. I want. I read online that the. Uh, <laughs> My my uncle rented him the beer truck. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Meltzer uh, was talking about the um, Booker T documentary, and he said it wasn't that good. It was kind of worse when I only watched a couple of minutes of it. But he basically said that um, I believe the quote was, well, I'm not going to quote it because I don't know exactly, but he said that it was okay. I'm going to paraphrase. It was okay for people to call Booker T the N-word because he was a heel. It wasn't okay. At, it was okay. And it was also okay to call the N-word at Hog Wild because they were bikers. Brandon, thoughts? <laughs> You're on mute. <laughs> It was Stur- It was at Sturgis. It was the Sturgis. Sturgis. That's crowd. the Hog Wild, right, Chris? Hog Wild is Sturgis, right? 
Yep. Not yep. the wrestling fans. The wrestling fans wouldn't be racist. It was just the bikers. Uh, yeah, maybe he had to deal with some racism, but uh, never from the company, a company where less than 20 years ago, um, Vince McMahon uses a racial slur directly in front of him on the show. Um, uh, yeah. But th- he just chalked that up to playing heel. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, they used to be encouraged to talk like that. That's just playing heel. That's what they did at the time. So, Chris, we can't go one week. So let me I have to correct you and I have to defend Meltz. Oh, God. No. And and look, 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 I'm not, you know, uh, he doesn't say because what he says is shitty. He does not say that he didn't say that it was OK to call him those names because that's what you did to heels. He alluded to the fact that it was OK, <laughs> but the words it was OK, I don't think ever came out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, that's why I corrected it. I said, I'm not going to quit because yeah, I'm not going to. say Yeah, that. don't. I mean, even just saying that, I mean, you know, you don't want to you don't want to paint somebody out to be a, a racist by adding shit to what they said that was already shitty. Um, no. And what he said was he said um, almost like a, well, what do you expect? You were a heel, and that's just what they did. Yeah, and you know, bikers. And if you, you were know, gay, it would be worse. And if you were gay, it'd be worse because that's cool because it's wrestling, and, and you're a bad guy. And and, and the funny, the, the, there's also another thing that I noticed when he says so. He says it about Sturgis, mm-hmm. but that wasn't wrestling fans. That was bikers because it was in Sturgis. It was Hog Wild. The problem wasn't that they did that there. The problem was. That they held a wrestling show there. <laughs> That's when you you lend somebody money and they never pay you back, and somebody says to you, "Well, it's your own fucking fault. <laughs> it's your own fault. You got what you deserve." Sounds like me. You're imitating me again. <laughs> I don't like this. So, um, yeah, Meltzer's <laughs> a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't really have much else to say. The guy's a fucking jerk off. I mean, like, God. Brandon, guys. Chris is hungover, Chris is hungover off the Johnson Johnson. He's really <laughs> sick of Meltzer. Yeah, he is. It's fine. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm actually having a very rough go of it right now. I'm feeling the aches and, aches and pains. <laughs> Meltzer head feels like somebody's squeezing it with a vice. <laughs> You're doing great. Brandon, uh, I mean, yeah, I said we can't go one week without this guy doing something where he's trying to tiptoe around not what he thinks, but just maybe what someone could have thought. But after the ninth time in a row where he's like, well, cause you know, they're like Puerto Rico or because the girl was fat, fat or uh, you're like, dude, I think this guy just sucks. I think the guy might just suck. So he sucks also, he's he's old one and white. <laughs> here's the other thing though. You notice I say this all the time. People say, I'll repeat myself again. People ask, did you see this documentary? And I say, no, I don't watch them because I've seen it all a million times. Mm -hmm. Don't come to a guy like me for a review of a wrestling documentary because I've seen it's all old to me. Dave Meltzer is the last person that should be reviewing wrestling documentaries. His whole life is professional wrestling. That show on A&E is not for people that watch wrestling documentaries on a regular basis. It's for people to go, oh, I remember Stone Cold. I'll watch this. You know when I saw the Stone Cold documentary when they aired it? I didn't actually hear it. I happened to have A&E on at work at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon because there was nothing going on. And it was on one of the TVs, and I never changed the channel. That's how I saw, like, bits and pieces of the Stone Cold documentary. It's, it's, you know, 
it's for people who this is fresh to, right? So I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, that documentary was shitty. They didn't even cover that match in 92 where he fought Joe Blow, the lover man, in Austin, Texas in a false count anywhere match. That was his best match. No, I say, you know what? I probably won't watch it, but I'm sure it's good. You should check it out because those documentaries are fun. That's my response to it. You fucking twat. I hate this guy. Brennan, Brennan, <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> how, how dare you kick it back to me after that? How can I possibly <laughs> follow that? Well done, well done. Well done, Chris. And on that note, I forgot about something. I was going to talk about it earlier. So I got a package in the mail, and I want to show you guys what I got in the mail. I'm going to open it here. I think you're going to have to turn off that background, because all I can see is... I think I'm going to have to move up to my mic so you can hear me. I think you're going to have to turn off your background because all I can see is the cloud, the Onita cloud. So Jimmy teases us by flashing the, the mail and claiming that it was something kinky. Maybe. I believe he it depends on your perception of what kinky is. Me, I just see it as I'm a big fan of professional wrestling, and I went and I ordered wrestling the baseball non-fun. cards. Wrestling baseball cards for women. Can you see that thing? Oh wow! Look at that. Yeah, look at that. Uh, you just got the one. That's my uh, sleeve. Yukihi. That's black snow. Maya Yukihi. I got here's another one. White snow. Maya Yukihi. She's from Ice Ribbon. And Oz. I got Suzu Suzuki. You got Magnum Brown, Susie Valuki. Super esque of what's he say? Super Super califragilistic Effie Haladuki. Seventeen years old. Upcoming star, also Ice Ribbon. Thank you. I also got seventeen years old on a card in a nightgown. All right. She's not in a nightgown. She's wearing wrestling gear. Oh, you know the Japanese (laughs) very sassy wrestling gear. Uh, I got. uh, Holy shit! You got a whole collection here. I got a Tai Hanma from Actress Girls, and I got. Mio Momono. She's from Marvelous. Hey, you gotta send the PSA. Get them graded, man. There, there you go. You got to take pictures of them, turn them into non-fungible tokens. I know. I um, I try desperately to get the boxes because you can buy the set, but they're fucking not easy to get. They're made by the big baseball. Like imagine the tops of Japan. I'm assuming tops still makes baseball cards. Yes, they do. Yeah. Does Dunruss still make baseball cards? No, they do not. Upper Deck. Upper Still Deck does. Don't Ross isn't around anymore, no. So, yeah. That's upper Deck, mail. Like, they were like These are the, the weird things the I get in the mail. It's always, it's always ladies, too. If I buy wrestling toys, action figures, it's always ladies. Cards, ladies. Shirts, ladies. Are you are you pleased with the quality of the package that was delivered? I am. Very nice. They look good, like the good condition. Yeah, they're only a couple bucks. I want to buy the what set. Are you do it's with? fucking impossible. I'm going to, when I eventually get this room finished, I'm going to put them on display. I got. Where? I don't know. I've gone off the rails here. Where, I, see where your toys are? That's where my stuff's going to be. My goofy good. Idea. Ikea. Buy those cabinets. They're good. Yeah. I can't talk. I'm Currently, I just got a notification. I'm in an eBay bidding ward for a a sealed and graded copy of Grand Theft Auto 3 for PlayStation 2. This is one of my new hobbies. I'm, I think that the old video games in, in box are good, like that aren't old, old yet yeah. are going to spike in value. So I'm trying to get get sealed copies of, of these things and, and hoard them. It's one of my investment tips for you uh, listeners. I have a bin of old video game systems that were Tina's. 
original Nintendo, Super NES, GameCube. I'll buy it. No, you can't have them. That's. <laughs> I can't find. I no, seriously, I have a. Um, you know, I have that. She doesn't have a Dreamcast to. or anything like that, but she's got some pretty good ones. Go ahead, Chris. I that toy store that I like to go to. He doesn't have. I I it's like I want a GameCube solely for. Um, they were the last ones to put up Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Just so I can have it, but that's that's a good that's a good one. You, you know what I mean? Like that's a they're hard to get. They're yeah, they're in basically cheap. unused condition. They yeah. have they yeah. the only games they have is the like whatever Mario came with them. That's, Ugh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's all about the box. Like if somehow somebody didn't oh, open box. something yeah. or, or any of that stuff, but I'm not I'm not selling them. I'm gonna hold on to them. I'll eventually maybe oh. sell them down the line. But yeah. I don't need the money right now. Harold's Harold's. Like, oh. All right, let's I'm, go. I'm, Go ahead, Chris. I'm currently in a bidding war for 1983. <laughs> Cobra Mercenary Major Blood. Nice, very cool. With weapons and Nurman. 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 Yeah, very cool. Yeah. See, we all have our cool dorky stuff. I collect well. all ladies' wrestling stuff. So, I've got all magazines Thank too. You. Those I'm actually going to sell. The magazines, the cards I want for, to, just to have. All right, let's move on to SmackDown because there's really nothing to talk about with SmackDown, right? You're going to wish that we spent more time talking about that because. Just blow Not through much it happened here. This is, yep, this is a throwback episode of SmackDown. So I don't know what they were throwing back to, but I don't know. We had Michael Cole in a, in a denim button-up, and Pat McAfee was wearing a periwinkle suit with the old 80s WWE logo on it. He actually so, looked good in that. I like good. that. Yeah. Looking like Vince. Rome, yeah, he did. Roman Reigns uh, is bragging about getting Daniel Bryan out of WWE, and they do a 10 count for his career, which is just Paul Heyman going ding, Yeah, 10, ding, 10 bells. Ding. That was pretty good. <laughs> into the microphone he says he's being replaced and jimmy uso comes out after a, i don't know a year over a year at this point it's gotta be over a year but uh things aren't rosy for that long because jimmy repeatedly throughout the episode calls jay uso a bitch uh for kind of simping to roman reigns he's not happy with his brother so uh I'm, I don't know where that's heading, but that's one of the storylines coming out of this. Then Teddy Long comes out and says that Adam Pierce has given him the authority for the night. Uh, holla, holla. He's, yeah, Do we have to go tried, back to this fucking – like we go back to this fucking joke every fucking year, man. Like give it a couple years off. Can I, can was, I ask so me? Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you a question. Uh, let me let – me, I didn't watch this at all, so I'm just going to take a guess. At some point, he sets a matchup between somebody and The Undertaker. It's like they do it every three months. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It was Sami Zayn this week. Yep. I don't know. Like, it, I have this thing, too, where I've watched hundreds of hours of wrestling, but there's like 15 things that I that stand out in my memory. For some reason, for Vince McMahon, one of the retro things, re, I, retro in quotations because it wasn't that long ago, is Teddy Long. Because every time that something happens, it's like they got to bring back Teddy Long and have him do his Undertaker thing. There's like a thousand other things that you could do. Yeah. Why does, why does it always have to be the same joke? Because Teddy's, uh, Teddy's probably always available. And also yeah. he wants a payday. Keep him on that Legends mm-hmm. paycheck. Yep. He comes out for one thing. One thing, I, I watched the beginning of the show, and that's it. I didn't make it much further than that. Um, I was disappointed they didn't have the giant fist, and then they just had a CGI giant fist. which obviously, Was it floating? Yeah, it was floating. It was in, like the Roman Reigns? Yes, yes, just like the Roman Reigns. Oh, blow me Also, up. Roman Reigns' new song is pretty rad. Yeah, 
where now? No, it's like operatic almost. It's like a Excellent. Brandon, right. continue. I don't feel inside your own your own uh, head, Chris. Headphones. <laughs> Blow your own ears. I'm suffering, man. That was a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything for the cast, man. Anything for the pod. Right. Just dig deep, dig deep. We appreciate that. The listeners appreciate that. Doesn't go unnoticed, Chris. Um, the old SmackDown logo looks fucking cool, though. I'm I'm a guy that like my favorite. Sp- Sports jerseys are the Green Bay Packers because they haven't changed in a hundred years. They just look classic. I don't know why they change these logos all the time. The the old SmackDown logo looks great. I wish they would just go back to that. Just a thought though. But not too much else happened here. Um, the, Teddy Long says Seth Rollins is fighting Cesaro for a shot at the title at WrestleMania Backlash. This match happens. We get uh, Rollins and Uso. Roman Reigns and Jey Uso are immediately beaten on Cesaro before the match even starts. But then Seth Rollins at one point leaves the ring and he wants to tell Jey Uso, hey, I'm not like Roman. I don't need your help with every, anything. To which Jey Uso just super kicks him, knocks him out. Cesaro drags him into the ring for the three count. So it's going to be Cesaro versus Roman Reigns coming up, which we'll cover shortly. What we think about that at WrestleMania Backlash. The only other thing of note that happens is Bailey uh, comes out. She's since it's a throwback week, she's going to pay tribute to some women's champions from the past. She talks about Lita, Trish Stratus, the, the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix had a great reign, but not nearly as great of a reign as Bailey, uh, so on and so forth. She's going to get her title back from Bianca. Q Bianca coming out has something to say, which quickly leads to a brawl. But I'll give it to Bailey. I just the only reason I mention this is because Bailey, even when she gets three minutes on TV, she's one of those people that understands that whatever spot you get put in, you make the most of it. Makes it very entertaining. She gets put in the corner, and and Bianca's giving her those shoulders, mm-hmm. uh, and Bailey's going whoo, whoo, <laughs> like as loud as she possibly can. You could feel like all of the all of the the uh, air coming out of her. It's it's so ridiculous. And then she ends up uh, grabbing Bianca by the earrings and stepping on her hair. That's how that segment ends. So we got that this weekend, but nothing nothing of note. Uh, other than that, Tamina Tamina beats Reginald because Reginald continues to exist in the in the women's division. <laughs> Remember when we liked Reginald? Yeah, <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. So can I make can I make a point? Something I noticed. Of course. Um, Reginald is. You know, I usually end up not watching SmackDown. I'm along for the ride that this really awful, boring ride of uh, listening to you guys talk about SmackDown. But um, <laughs> Reginald Thanks, seems Chris. to be the WWE It's WWE's fault, not yours. The WWE's <laughs> version of being the elite. Because everything that happens with him kind of happens on Instagram and on on online. Am I right? Yeah, they, they do make sure to cut in and say, hey, here's what you missed with Reginald. And they'll, they'll paint into Nia Jack's Instagram or... Yeah, that's what I that mean. Little, like little segment... <laughs> It's it's very oh okay all right oh I'm, oh. I'm sorry I'm watching I'm I'm looking at my my wrestling cards I got distracted are we done with SmackDown I, I don't know let's be like we could be done with SmackDown I don't think any of that piques your guys' interest so. <laughs> do you have anything any last your interest I got nothing no but we're gonna have to sit through I think. It's, Three of the six matches on this pay-per-view are SmackDown, so 
don't don't go uh, crying to me when you don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Chris Raw. First of all, did we yeah. get did we get a a let's let's get this out of the way. Did we get a fiend segment? No. Did we get an Alexa Bliss and her little doll segment? Yes. Okay, let's start with that then. Okay, so uh, tag team match. Um, uh, six man, six woman, I should say. Um, Naya and Shayna and Charlotte Flair versus Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, and Asuka. Um, and at one point in the match, Alexa Bliss popped up on the top of the ramp and said, uh, I don't have anything to say about any of you, but my little monster doll is coming for one of you. And that was it. Do we know who it is? No, we don't. I have an idea, though. Should we talk about it when we get to the uh, to the show review or preview? Yeah. Okay, maybe. we'll wait for that. Yeah, go ahead. All right, and then um, big news on Raw. Jinder Mahal returned. Yeah, I saw this. With, with Veer and Shanky. Ah, that's their names. The Veer and Shanky. Shanky Singh? I don't know, and I don't <laughs> fucking care. Okay, well, I mean. This is just coming from a guy that went to go see a, a Punjabi prison match yes, live. So. And the tickets were 10 bucks. <laughs> and I sat in a box. And I watched a guy in a Scott Hall shirt get really drunk and loud. And my buddy said, this guy's getting on my nerves. And I said, give it five minutes and he'll pass out. And in four minutes, he passed out and he wasn't loud for the rest of the show because he burned himself out. And then John Cena wrestled Rusev. And then after John Cena was done, all the kids <laughs> left. And we moved down into these really nice seats. And we had all this space where you could actually watch the Punjabi prison on the TV because you couldn't see what the fuck was going on in the ring. And there's my review of Punjabi <laughs> prison. <laughs> 2018. Called 18. 18. Yeah, I'm thinking 18. It was 18. That's it. Maya Yuki. Yuhiki. Yuki. Card is pretty cool. That's a cool card, dude. Look at that. Look at that cool dude. That monster. Smokes. I'm not afraid to say it. She's hot. All right. What else from Raw? That's it. Uh, you know, we had it's just, you know, I mean, I say this every week. It was another rerun. Uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, Drew McIntyre beat Bobby Lashley because Braun Strowman interfered and beat up Drew McIntyre. You know, so it's like the the we got a match coming in a in a month. So for the next four weeks, we'll just do that match on TV for four mm. weeks and then we'll have it again. That's the build. The build is like, you know, watch this episode, then watch it again, then watch it again. And for the season finale, it's the same episode. Yay. <laughs> and uh, her business is officially done. That's the only segment I watched from Raw. Oh, yeah, hey, listeners, yeah, yeah. I chose to clean my oven and stove instead of watching Raw. My wife went to bed early. It was like 930. I was like, oh, I'll sit down and watch Raw. Wait, I have to clean the stove off. I'll go clean the stove instead. <laughs> Did you clean your oven? No, no, I didn't really have to clean my. I had to, easy, I had to clean my stove. Easy off. No, I don't need give it a nice little spray. Give it a nice little wipe. Nah. Spray it down with some water. Give it another little wipe. I'm getting a new oven. Anyway, um, 
All right, you want to move on to this uh, WrestleMania? Why the backlash? way that the way that it goes up to like four and the flames get high and then you go up to seven and they get real low and then you go up to nine and get real high again? I think it's pretty dope. <laughs> Chris has seen my oven. He knows my stove. Okay. You want to? Um... Oh wait a minute! Did I mention that New Japan has a bunch of people out? No, I didn't. Real quick, no. New Japan. New Japan had uh, two COVID positives and then now they have nine. So they're no. done. They're on lockdown. One... They can't. They canceled her two out, outside shows. I wanted to ask you this. So what what are they doing in Japan? Are they just essentially like locking down, really not doing anything about it, but just locking down, and then the case numbers go down, and then they let everybody out again, and the case numbers spike, and then they lock down again? They're locking down, and then no one's listening, and they're going out okay. anyway, and they're getting sick, and no one is getting vaccinated. They have, I, they're at I, 3% now. Yeah, when I saw that the news story about the uh, the Olympics, I think they were at one. Yeah, they're at three percent now. Oh. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And my lazy ass managed to get vaccinated. Yeah, it's a different situation in India, where India is the one of the biggest on the planet, one of the biggest producers of vaccines, but they don't have any for their own people. Very odd. Well, I mean, the United, the United States bought three shots for every single one of their citizens. They're hoarding. Classic. Let's move on to uh, WrestleMania Backlash, which we're obviously not interested in because we're talking about everything but. All right. Uh, let's start from the bottom of the list. Uh, Chris, this is you. This is Damian Priest versus The Miz, a lumberjack match. Um. Best heel in the company versus the shittiest karate kicks I've ever seen. I think I'm going to go with Damian Priest. Shittiest karate kicks ever. Really? Okay. Brandon? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm going Fred Armisen on steroids in this one. Damian Priest. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he does. He does. Better hair. Uh, I'll go with The Miz because he's the bad guy. And he's going to have his lumberjacks beat up Damian Priest, I guess. I don't fucking know. All right, next up. Roman Reigns, the champ, defends his title against Cesaro. Brandon, it's your show. Go ahead. This is going to go one way and one way only. Cesaro is going to look incredible for as many, 80% of the amount of time they allot this, spin Roman Reigns around, and the outcome is going to be the same as every big spot in Cesaro's career. He will walk away a loser. Chris? Uh, I agree and I disagree. Uh, I think Cesaro will be, will get, will look great for about 93% of the match and then we'll lose. Okay. <laughs> I think, I'm going to surprise you. The upset. Roman Reigns wins. Kidding. There's no way Cesaro's winning this match. Maybe Wouldn't that be something? It's not going to happen. I think we're going to lose. Roman Reigns. Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get the Roman Reigns beats? What's his name? The other USO into the club like we did with the first USO coming out of this? I think so, right? They act like this. This is like the fucking Patriots or something. Like, oh, we could never. Not Roman Reigns. They could never be defeated. It does like just give it to Cesaro for one fucking thing. It'd be it's fun. Give it, entertain us. He's, he's, Love it. Yeah, it would be amazing. It's not happening. I mean, he's definitely like a fan favorite, that dude, right? I mean, like, yeah, uh, not according to well, according to the to the Thunderdome, yeah, they cheered the shit out of him. 
Thunderdome was Thunderdome was saying you suck at Roman Rainstorm's promo. Let's have some fun. This shit sucks. Do this something fun. Fucking blows. Do something fun. Do something different. Speaking of fun, it's... the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, who are the champs. That's their name. The Dirty Dogs, spelled with W oh G. No Z. God. D A W G S. Dogs. They're the champs. They're going against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Brandon. Did you know? Do they know? It's what year are we in? It's 2021. Well, these guys are older. So, yeah, so they're, d- they're still holding on to the, the odds. Younger. They're younger than me, and I don't spell things with W's and Z's. They might as well be the, the, I don't the wild hogs. This is the hog wilds. Oh, the wild hogs. The dirty dogs <laughs> like to say the N-word, too. It's okay. They're heels. Got they're going to win. Yes, dirty dogs win. Chris? Yeah. They're, they're, are they the champions? They are the champs. Yeah, they're, they're not close enough to the release of the WWE video game that has Rey Mysterio on the cover for him to get put in the spotlight for a brief period of time. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, he'll, he'll be champ. Like he'll be champ for a month. All right, next up. For the Raw Women's Championship, the champ, Rhea Ripley versus Asuka versus Charlotte in triple threat match. Chris. I think this one will be fun to watch, but I just don't see this title changing hands at Backlash. So, so I think who gets pins? Oscar. Yeah, Oscar's going to be the pin in here in this, right? Brandon. She's. I think. I think she's on the slope. Who's the current champion? Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. <sighs> Remember, uh, it's Backlash. Yeah, but they, could they do the change, whole right? thing? whole thing with no title changes yeah, so something's maybe this change, might be right? i think charlotte takes this one no, just actually, because they can't just point. punt punt on the whole thing yeah because roman reigns is not losing the dirty dogs could lose too <laughs> yeah they could, the <laughs> would, we, would we not care the dirty dogs they could <laughs> yeah there there's your loss you got to right protect there. the dirty dogs do you think Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio win the title? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think if you're gonna, if we're going into it, we don't have a title changing on this pay per view. I think it's the Dirty Dogs. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. WWE 2K21 release date is October 2021. No, it's not the Dirty Dogs. <laughs> it's the Dirty Dogs. They could drop it before then, and then they then they give him like the Intercontinental. All right. So if Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio win, then Rhea Ripley retains. If the Dirty Dogs win, <laughs> then Charlotte wins the title. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> Next up, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you had re- so revelation. I was gonna say, why would, why would they bring Rhea Ripley up, make a big deal out of her, have her win the title, and then have her lose it a month later? But they also fired Eva Marie, hired two people that were really funny and really good and really could actually work. Then they fired those people, and they rehired Eva Marie. So, yeah, Rhea Ripley can lose them this uh, this week. That's it. Okay. Great point. Excellent. SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair is the champ against Bailey. Brandon? This is going to be Bianca... Probably retaining for a little bit here. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I think so too. Bianca wins. Uh, I concur. 
I think she holds that title to at least SummerSlam. This should, this is the only match on this show that I'm probably entertained. I'm probably excited to see. Cesaro should be fun, but this is the one that I'm excited for. Okay, I'll move on. WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley's the champ with MVP versus Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman. I already fell asleep just thinking about it. Chris, this is you. Bobby Lashley. Bobby. What accent is that? Bobby. What accent is that? Oh. Bobby! Bobby! Oh, I am not afraid of the snake, Andre the Giant. Go with Bobby! Bobby Lashley. Brandon? This is when uh, this match starts, and I hear, Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. I have to go to work tomorrow. I'm going to lose sleep to watch this pig slop. Uh, hopefully, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> All right. uh, did I pick? No, I didn't pick. Chris, did you pick? Bobby yeah, Lashley. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to go with someone different. Okay. I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley as well. All right. Great. The WWE is so exciting. So excited for this pay-per-view. It's going to be so much fun. I was <laughs> thinking w- about it today. Why do we still cover this WWE? It sucks. I was just going to say, this WWE shit is like in a World War II movie, like the one guy that clearly got riddled with bullets, but for some reason we're compelled to like try to drag him to a medic. <laughs> like we're going to, like something's going to happen. Like, no, this is, this is, this dead. it's right. over. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just delaying it. Let's just stop covering WWE. Okay. <laughs> Throw it, wait, throw it in the bin? Would it impact? No, no, we can't do that. People <laughs> love WWE. At least we'll talk about the pay-per-view. Then we'll decide. It's really bad. We'll not watch it anymore. Okay, so next week, if you are want to watch with us for the retro, we're going to do Hanukkah versus Julia. And of course, if I have the wrong date, then I will go back and edit it. But I think this is the right date. It's from the 24th of December, Christmas Eve of 2019. Considered her best match, so it should be fun to watch. And as we get closer to the anniversary of her passing, there's also a big show, a big anniversary show, which we'll talk about next week. And uh, then we got the pay-per-view to talk about next week. Anything else to add, Brandon? Right. Anything else to add? Get off now. Let's let's make some plans for an FMW. Uh, Absolutely, special. especially we got to find a spot like a really soft spot in the middle there. Between shows that big shows, probably it would have been probably perfect last week after this <laughs> AW shit. Yeah. yeah. Chris, final thoughts? No. All right, let's get out of here because I gotta pee again. <laughs> my bladder is very small. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I have to watch. Brandon has to work again. I spent my Sunday <laughs> watching WWE. And Jim has a small bladder and he has to pee. <laughs> Chris, get some sleep. Good luck, buddy. Yeah. Corporate people climbing up his ass. <laughs> that was the next line of song, but Jimmy had to pee. Sorry. All right. Thanks for joining us this week and join us here every week at Wrestling is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. And for Brandon and Chris, I am Jim, and we will be back here next week for. WrestleMania Backlash Review. Get vaccinated, dummies. Yes, get vaccinated, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.